To this month's Monsters in Metal. Metal! I'm not alone this month. I'm happy to be back. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for bringing me back after not telling me I was going to be gone for a month just because I was on tour for so long. Everybody was gone last month because of New York, but Dirk is back. I'm back. What's yes, up, buddy? Nothing, man. I'm, I'm surviving the tour. Yeah. That uh, I, I just felt bad because I thought I was only going to be gone because of New York, and then come to find out that no, everybody was going to be gone. Yeah, but we had like that huge, it was a huge music episode, that's for sure. Oh, no, it was it was awesome, man. I was getting to rock out, man. But uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, I, you know, I, my, I'm in the middle of my tour right now. By the time people are hearing this, I'm close to the end of it. And uh, did, did New York Comic Con first time. I did the special edition in June. But got to do the actual New York Comic Con. Oh, that's right. It was the, fir- the first time you got to do it. Yeah. What'd you think? It was, it was cool, man. It's exciting. Uh, Mike Nagan just does an amazing job in Artist Alley. Um, a lot of people talk about how Artist Alley is basically its own separate con at New York Comic Con. And they're right. And that's a good thing. Um, Mike's um, Artist Alley is absolutely amazing. Um, I got to rock out at Table Hate, H8, as I do at the Read Pop shows, yeah. And Jimmy uh, Palmati and Amanda Connor were across from me. And um, and, uh, one of your favorite artists was right next to me. Ooh, Gustavo Duarte. Yes, and he was with the, um, oh, I'm totally blanking on his name, American Vampire. Um, Wow, now I'm blanking on his name. Raphael, 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 yeah, Raphael. God, sorry, Raph. <laughs> sorry about that, buddy. But, whoo, that was ugly. I was, like, looking at him. I was talking to him in my mind, but they were right next to me. Um, uh, cool show, man. It was a really great show. Um, yeah, I uh, I had an absolute blast. My only regret is that I couldn't leave my table more. I, I was lucky I had a friend watch my table while I did a panel with Buddy Scalera. But other than that, I really didn't get to leave my table because um, it was just nonstop, man. People sure. buying books, checking stuff out, talking, getting to meet a lot of people that normally I, I wouldn't otherwise get to meet staying kind of in the Midwest. So um, great show. Great show. I I, uh, I survived. I'm rock and rolling. Um, I, uh, as people that kind of follow me on Facebook and Twitter and read my and read my website, DirkManning.com, when I sporadically update it, know um, this tour, you know, I started in August. And it'll end the week before Christmas, and I will have done, pending I survive everything, uh, 24 shows and signings in 18 consecutive weeks. Nice. Take that, Victor Dandridge. You son of a bitch, Victor. (laughs) You know what the problem is, is he will take that, and then he will basically up you, and then you'll have to do even more. Well, we talked about this. I mean, Victor and I are are, are genuinely friends, um, despite the fact that uh, we've been trying to outdo each other now for the better part of a year and a half. But 
when I did 15 and 15, then he did 17 and 17 to usurp me. And I asked him not to. I even told him I'd split it with him at 15. I said, take a week off, man. I'll gladly share this with you. And he said, no, man, no, no. Well, after he did the 17, and I told him I was going to outdo him, he even said, he goes, I can never do that again. <laughs> you know, and like, and he's taking his family with him and all this stuff, and uh, you know, and I mean, you know, I'm out there just man, just just lone gunning it this whole time, you know, uh, pretty much. But um, he told me he goes, I could never do this again. So, so I, it's just well, a matter of it's a matter of if you can survive beating me and by how much. So what do you have left in December? Where are you, where are you going to be? Because that's when people are hearing this, right? Um. In December, I am going to be. I know where I'm ending it. Uh, I'm actually ending it in uh, in Victor's hometown. So, <laughs> so uh, that's actually yeah, just to, to rub this all the wound. No, um, December sixth, uh, I'm going to be at Comics and More in Madison Heights, Michigan. The Chris Brown um, runs that shop. Great shop. Last time I played there, we or last time I did a signing there. No, no, no. Last time I did a signing there, we actually had a he had a live band play there. Okay. At my signings, that was a lot of fun. A metal band called Voyager Three. Um, that was a lot of fun. So I'll be in Madison Heights, Michigan, December sixth. Um, December twelfth, I'm doing kind of a semi-private engagement. I'm doing a speaking thing uh, and signing at uh, Cle- at the uh, Cleveland State College for their comic book club. Um, that's that Friday. Then Saturday, December 13th, I'll be at Hazel's Heroes Comics and More. At, uh, and that is in North Canton, Ohio. Then December 20th, I'm wrapping it up with doing the Pack Rat Comics World Tour. At 11 a.m., I'll be at the Pack Rat Comics in Marysville, Ohio. And then at 3 o'clock, I'm ending it, the big victory party. I invited Victor to come with me and, and sign if he so chooses, and present me with my championship belt. And uh, that'll be at the Pack Rat Comics in Hilliard, Ohio. Nice. So, yeah, so actually, I guess, with the exception of of Comics and More, uh, of Comics and More up in Madison Heights, I'll be spending my time in Ohio in December. So, And then, uh, taking January off, I'll celebrate my birthday in January, get some writing done, and uh, get ready for 2015. Nice. Yeah. Well, how about you, man? How have things been with you? Ah, same. Busy. Busy, busy, busy. Any concerts? Uh, no, sadly, um, I was scheduled to go to the Arch Enemy Creator Huntress Starkill show, but something yeah. something came up and, and I was not able to make it. Oh. But that was yeah that the, well there was another one. What was the other one I was scheduled? I don't know. I thought you had a couple. Oh, the Monarch Moth show. I didn't get to make it to that one either. Oh, you didn't get to go see a Monarch Moth? No. And once again, I I I set up. I'm I'm all set to go to the show, and then and something comes up, and and I did not get to make it. Life gets in the way sometimes, doesn't it? Though that's what sucks. You could have given me your Amount of Marth tickets. You could have gone. You could have gone I, because I not had, only could I, I have gone. Pit passes. I would have. I've done that in forever. <laughs> you know, if I ever told you, I mean, obviously, I did music journalism, but I actually was also a concert photographer. Yeah. So uh, that would have been nice to get back to that yeah. a little bit. 
So no, sadly, sadly, those didn't didn't make out. Um, but there are some on the horizon. None for none for December, but there are some in January. And I just seen that pirate. I have to look up the name of it. I think it's like Pirate Fest is coming to the place I go, and I might have to do that. Pirate Fest is. Let me make sure it's Pirate Fest. Brian Passan's coming. Maybe I'll go go see him and get him to come on the show. How about that? Yeah. Uh, okay, Pirate Fest is, is Ailstorm, Swashbuckle, The Dead Crew of Oddwood, and Lords of the Drunken Pirate Crew. It's nothing but pirate metal. <laughs> I think you said Hailstorm for a minute. I'm like, oh, no, Ailstorm. I remember Ailstorm. that. I remember Ailstorm. They made me LOL. So th- there's that coming. Well, that'll be fun. But I'm, I, once again, not 100% guarantee that, that I'll go to. That one would just be fun to, to go to. But in January, um, I'm probably definitely going to cover Dark Tranquility and Insomnium. I think that's really it that's coming up. I'm telling you, there, there's nothing really coming up. I know hmm. there's big tours, but not to where I go. Let's put it that way. Not to where I go. You know, I, I realize as we talk about this, we can move on to other things, but on a side note, you, we need to do a concert together sometime. We should. That'd be a lot of fun. So maybe we'll... Uh, once... I have to try to figure something out where we're both, like, at a show, and there's a concert going on that we could go to that night after the show. That would, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. That we'll figure something out. We'll figure it out. Love, love will find a way. Other than that, I mean, I've kind of gone crazy on the on the audiobooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I think I think last I talked to you, I had just finished the Strain trilogy. Yes, and and, and I had finished it, which I highly recommend to anybody because it was it. Don't don't bother with the comics. Don't bother with the TV show. Read those books. That was insanely good. Yeah, they've been on my list for a while. So then after that, I did Richard Matheson's Hell House, mm-hmm. and I was not impressed with that at all. Not one bit. Really? I don't know if you've ever done that one, because I know that's a more Uh popular horror movie. No, I I haven't done that one. Um, And the reason I say that is because, uh, obviously I didn't read read it in the 70s or the 80s when it came out, but it reminded me... Haunted Houses, I guess, maybe aren't my thing, because, like, the vibe I got from it while I was listening to it was basically... um, What's the name of that movie? The House on Haunted Hill. But what was the other one that was the big haunted house? Thirteen Ghosts. Okay, yeah, that one too. Mine, well, yeah, definitely include that one. Um, no, there was another one. Oh, Owen Wilson was in it. That's the only person that's coming to mind. Oh, the haunting. The haunting. The haunting. Yes. Yeah, those were the movies that that came to mind when when I was listening to that. It wasn't horrible, but I don't know. Maybe it kind of stood out at its t- at its time when when it was. But I I don't know too much about that. Then after that. I did uh, Rhaegar Tan's Ravenous. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which was a phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal werewolf book with a, an amazing twist ending. So, huh. So I, if, and I know but werewolves aren't... Some, some recommended reading then. I, I know werewolves aren't everybody's thing. So, no, but that was definitely, um, definitely worthwhile. And the last book I just finished was... Um, Darkness on the Edge of Town by Brian Keene, which just blew my freaking mind. 
Yeah, you were telling me he's like a modern... Uh, he's kind of doing a modern Lovecraft type. Thing. I would definitely say that he's he's known for his what I what I learned after this after this book, um, when I kind of look stuff up is he's crafted his own little world. I don't know if that's even the right way to say it, and his fans call it the Labyrinth Mythos. And basically, he has thirteen thirteen gods, and he somehow weaves them into every book. So, and, nice. and certain books are about those, about them, but even his books that aren't about them, he somehow gets them involved in some way, shape, or form. So they're always involved in his stuff. Yeah, well, there you go. Lots that of book, good... that, that Darkness on the Edge of Town is, is one, is going to be my most recommended book. Oh, is that the one you would recommend people start with? Like, or if you want to get people something for Christmas? So far from what I know, yeah, I would definitely say that's, that's a definite, um, book I'd tell you to pick up for Christmas. And I think it's a short, I, I would say it's a short read because the audiobook was only six hours compared to most being eight to ten. Okay. If that helps. Not that, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that helps or not, but. Well, there you go. So there you go. Well, Christmas is in the horizon, so uh, those yes, are some good it recommendations. Is. That is. So let's, let's talk about this amazing um, metal gift guide. <laughs> That metal injection. Well, yeah, well you out. you had a lot of literary examples, but you're going to talk a little bit about some some metal. Now, I've not seen the metal gift givers guide for this year yet. All right. Well, here's what they have. They have the accept wine. Are you a fan of accept? Not not particularly. All right. Well, they make a wine, so you can get somebody that. I don't drink either. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, Lamb of God has a documentary that just came out. That's on their list. As the that, Palace that is would be now that would be pretty interesting. That I will. I don't watch on TV, but I will definitely watch that. Um, the Iron Maiden complete album collection. Even oh. though, come on now, they'll probably still come out with twenty more, and then this collection will be pointless. But that would be a nice starting point. I mean, there's you know, and I think no albums, not CDs. So, there you go. And it comes in a nice little uh, box set. Uh, how about a King Diamond gnome? Garden gnome. Now, that's pretty funny. And uh, they also have a link here to um, all these other gnomes. They're, they're all one-of-a-kind hand-painted gnomes. Uh, they have a Dexter gnome, a Beetlejuice gnome, a Lemmy gnome. A, a Lemmy gnome? Uh, <laughs> do I have to send you the link? <laughs> Uh, no, I just want you to send me the Lemmy Gnome for Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to send you the link anyway. You can at least my birthday is in January. You can yeah. look at the Lemmy Gnome, and we will discuss. We'll, we'll discuss that later. That is awesome. Oh goodness! Um, here's a good one. I I I think out of all the things that are on this list, um, they have a Viking drinking horn. Oh, that would be interesting for some people. Except you can't put it in your your cabinets because it has to lay down. Can't stand up. Uh, I would never pay 115 dollars for a Ozzy Osbourne statue where he's in a red jumpsuit, but that's on here. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I'd pay it either for for uh, Carrie King and Rob Halford, but those are the three statues that are available. Uh, you can get some Black Sabbath Chucks, Chuck Taylors. Would I? I stand by my Bill Ward. 
loyalty. <laughs> uh, you can uh, see that shouldn't be on here either. And I don't want no freaking Metallica Ride the Lightning blanket for eighty five dollars. For eighty five dollars for I do a not, blanket? Yeah, I do not agree with this list. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. I actually thought, and I was thinking more of the horror side of things. And rather than look for a list and things like that, I thought, okay, I've got four things that I thought of. Like, if you're trying to figure out what to get someone for Christmas, that you know, they're a horror fan. And I got, I figured out a movie, a video game, a book, and then, uh, I well, actually, I guess that's it. I threw in a CD, but it's not a horror CD, okay. but... But uh, I, I threw in my, my recommendation but for the CD. But we'll save that for next month. So I guess only three. A movie, a game, and a book. Which one Which one you want to hear first? Let's start with the game because it's the one I'm least interested in not being a gamer. I'm not particularly a gamer either. Um, on occasion, uh, I have played some of the more, I guess, about next-gen games. Oh, wait, or we're talking video game. Not video like game, video game, game or a, anything. No. Okay. And... Um, as far as games go, you know, if I were to play a video game, I think I would play this, and I think people that are horror fans that have a, uh, a system would enjoy this. Uh, the uh, game Alien Isolation, which is based very directly on the Alien franchise, and it takes place between Alien and Aliens, and it's about Ripley's daughter, and on a ship, and with a Geiger-style alien. It's supposed to be very, very scary. Pretty good in the scheme of things, but you know, you get to actually use the motion tracker and stuff like that, which I think is really cool to like see where the alien is on the ship and stuff like that, or if it's near you. Um, I find that absolutely fascinating. Um, and it's supposed to be pretty solid game in the scheme of things. Now, people out there that play a lot with video games might be able to say, "Oh, well, it's absolutely great," or "Oh, blah blah blah." But but what I've read about it is it's a good, you know. Uh, good game. I guess you're looking at putting in about seven or so hours into it, or maybe a little bit more to really kind of get into it. Um, and what's also interesting is, from what I understand, I don't want to have any spoilers, is that the alien, the xenomorph, it's not scripted when it finds you. Okay. So, like, you play the game three times or five times. And the alien will attack you randomly depending on where it just happens to be running around on the ship and where you are. That's funny. And the other thing is that apparently my understanding is that you can't kill the alien. Okay. So it's not like one of these things where, oh, the point of the game is, you know, no, you know, no, no, you can't kill. I mean, the aliens, it's kind of like more like the first alien. You're on the, uh, Ripley's daughter's on the ship. With an alien, and you can't kill the alien. You, there's no conceivable way you'll be able to do it. So it's very much a cat and mouse type game. So as far as video games go, I think that's a kind of a cool concept. What scares me about that is I've never, in the modern era of video games, everyone always gets excited about the alien video games, but I've never heard anybody like like really enjoy them. I've always heard that they've been busts. Yeah, well, all the other ones have apparently not been very good, but this one is supposedly pretty solid. Now, if you want to talk about the real Alien video game, it came out for the Atari. I just looked it up. The, the oh, there, there was an Alien game for Atari? For Atari. I vaguely remember Based, that. based on 
based on the movie, not just some random alien game. It was based on the movie. Right. Um, I remember, alien game I remember the most is obviously Alien vs. Predator. For Super Nintendo, you were the Predators and you'd go around and shoot, Yeah, you'd go. It was like a, that was like a side-scrolling kind yeah. of fighting yeah. movie. Typical platform, platform game, yeah. Well, uh, oh gosh, I'm looking at what the Alien video game for Atari 2600 is. Now, do you remember it? I don't remember it. I kind of remember that they. I I I thought I kind of remember them making one. I think I may have been thinking of ET the video game. Oh yeah, where they buried them all in the landfill. Yeah, that's right. This I don't even know if this is real or not. It, but, it, it well, you're right. It's it might not it's, be. it's Pac-Man. <laughs> so. I, it, it, it's like Pac-Man, but with an alien. Um, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking that I'm thinking. I'm remembering the um, ET video game because that's the one they buried in the landfill, and someone actually just went and dug them all up. Apparently, but go. anyway, as far as video games go, I would say that'd be a good, non-terribly offensive game because I know they're making like a slasher. Campground slasher right. video game now and stuff, but, but you know that stuff might be a little intense for some people. But Alien, I think, would be a nice like maybe something that people wouldn't necessarily buy for themselves, but would appreciate getting. Okay. Well, all right. What's next on your list? Well, I have a movie or oh, book. I have let's go. A, let's go book because you said there was a book too. There is a book. All right. Let's go book. Um, on this one, um. You know, I'm, I'm going to play to something that I'm a big, big fan of. This is a little more expensive, but if you really like someone, they just put out the Lock and Key trade paperback collection in the slipcase. So for $100, you can get the whole run of Lock and Key in the slipcase the hardcovers originally came in. And it's six graphic novels. And six graphic novels for 100 bucks. you know, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's a really nice set. Um... I'm still surprised by the amount of people that haven't discovered Joe Hill yet or didn't know that he was Stephen King's son. Either uh, or shame on them. Yeah. But, you know, if you got someone special in your life and you really want to hook them up, the trade paperback slipcase of Lock and Key, um, they will love you forever. I can't recommend that high enough either. No. I, I And I actually have the hardcover slipcase with all of them signed by Joe Hill, I might add. Hey, you get to go see a lot of concerts and I got to meet Joe Hill. So, I have almost all his books signed at this point. Oh, that's funny. Um, so, Wait, was that comic uh, or did... novel? What, which one was that? Which one? What? Wait, out of your, you, you had four presents that you were going to recommend. What one was that? Oh, well, that was the book. I, I, I took away the CD because the CD one's not really horror, and okay. I'll save that for... Okay. But, but as far as the book goes, I, I would say the... Um, I, I guess I could go comic and a book. For the comic, I would say the um, Lock and Key by uh, the Slipcase Collection, the trade paperbacks. Uh, if you're going to put me on the spot on a book... Oh, no, I thought you had four. Well, I had a CD, but I okay. took it out. But I'll, I'll throw right. in one real quick. Okay. I'm actually reading a book right now. Um, I think it came out two years ago, maybe. I'm not positive. But let me see if I got it right here. Oh, it came out a couple of years ago. I'm behind the times. Um, 
I'm actually reading uh, 112263 by Stephen King. Okay. Finally. Which is his book about time travel. And I uh, haven't read any of the modern King stuff. And the little bit I read, I, it was okay. But I'll tell you what, man. 112263 about a guy that decides to go back in time and stop the Kennedy assassination is. Uh, I'm about halfway through right now. And it's really hooked me in like his old stuff. So there's a little bonus. Very cool. But that then that leads us to the movie. And uh, anybody that is a horror fan should get a copy of this. This is a daily that people like me have been waiting for forever. Oh, are you talking about the Leprechaun Collection on Blu-ray? No. <laughs> what I am talking about... Nightbreed I knew the you director's were gonna say it. cut. I knew you were going to say it. That's because we're friends. Uh, wait, wait, did you just grunt uh, and groan? I've tried. I've tried so hard to watch that movie. The director's cut? No, just Nightbreed in general. I can't get past 20 minutes. Watch the director's cut. It wouldn't save the opening. Ugh. Oh, You don't know that because you haven't watched it. Yeah, you're right. No, you're no. Right. And, and, and I read the book Cabal by... Um, by uh, Clive Barker. Uh, Clive Barker. Yeah. Been one of those uh, months. No, um, I read uh, Cabal by Clive Barker back in the day. Loved the book. The movie was good. Not great, but it was kind of like one of those like movies you watch as a teenager and you kind of like it. But it's kind of like one of those, uh, could have been better. And then for years and years, there was talk of the Cabal cut, which has a dramatically different ending. Um inserted scenes, things like that. And they started showing it at horror conventions about a year or so ago. And I'm like, oh, be patient, Dirk. Be patient, Dirk. And now it is here. And they did like a really deluxe limited edition Blu-ray uh, that was fairly expensive. But Amazon has um, the Blu-ray director's cut for under 20 bucks. It's like $18.99. Yeah, if you got right. Amazon Prime, you get it shipped for free. But man... Night Breed the Director's Cut. Perfect choice. Those the dance grunting and groaning. Ugh. So you didn't even get to uh, Midian or anything then, did you? Ugh. Did you even get to the city? No. Ugh. Just. I've don't. tried to push through like three times. I can't. I tried to do it drunk. I tried to do it sober. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it either. <laughs> I want to know how you tried to do it the third time, but I don't want to know. No, don't I say, tried to do no, it. No, 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 don't tell me. Right. It's better in my Let's imagination. Just say, Let's it's just better say, than my imagination. I tried to do it I don't want to know. three I won't times. Listen. Three times, and I could never <laughs> get past it. Oh, it was so tough to watch. Well, a lot of, okay. You know, you and I are, are very good friends, obviously, and sometimes they're very divergent tastes, but... I will say that in this case, I think most people would really enjoy this. So I would even argue you'd like it. So when we go see our concert together, we'll watch this first on. We'll Blu-ray. have a slumber party. We'll stay. Up we'll have night. a slumber party. We'll stay up all night and watch the Nightbreed. Watch Nightbreed, the director's cut. <laughs> I'll be like waking Dan up. Like wake up, Dan. They're idiot. They're idiot. Look at this. There's Cronenberg. I will try again. All right. I will try. Again. So those are my picks for some Christmas suggestions. Oh, Obviously, funny. if anyone else has any good ones post them let us know what you think tag us up 
put them on the Monsters Metal Facebook page. Let us know what you should be getting the metal and or monster fans in your life. All right, well, real quick, before we uh, get to everything else, what do you want for Christmas this year? (sighs) You know, I've been on tour so much, I haven't had much time to think about it. Um... Better you tell me what you want now. Better I'll sales, better sales in 2014, so I don't have to do a tour every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, I'm not touring because I'm not making money. No, I know, right. I know. Oh. Um, I, 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 I would like. I don't know. Let's see. What What do I want for Christmas? Hmm. I don't know. See, every time I've asked everybody I've done segments with on, on the show, and they always ask me, and I say, I don't know. I don't know. I want Dead Alive to come out on Blu-ray. Oh, wait, now that's a wish. No, I can't. <laughs> Wishes don't count for Christmas. I've got it on Blu-ray yet? I don't know. Even if it if it is, I don't, I don't purchase the movies. Well, then have someone get it for you. Let's see. What? Oh, I want a tar man mask. That would be pretty nice. That would be nice. I or I'm, I could ex- I could also say a they live mask. How about that? A they live mask. I wouldn't mind getting. See, it's tough because I'm not really. I'm a very much a book guy. But usually, if I want a book, I just get the book. Um, I got most of my Joe Hill stuff signed. Um, I guess some books signed by Joe Hill that I don't have signed by him yet, which is a very small list at this point. But okay. I've been filling in a couple gaps. I actually was able to just pick up uh, my uh, the Art of Hellboy hardcover. I didn't. I wasn't able to afford that back in the day, and I finally was able to get a copy of that at a reasonable price. You wasted all your tour earnings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wasted that. You got home, honey. Look how 20, much money 20, I made. Twenty-five dollars and seventy-three cents. <laughs> I uh, blew it on my uh, hardcover. I got to go on tour for another eighteen straight weeks to make another twenty-seven dollars. <laughs> um, uh. People don't get it. Gas is gas is expensive. Gas is expensive. <laughs> I, you know. Yeah, you think that ice cream is free? People see on Facebook that I, I eat only the best ice cream, my friend. So. Uh, oh, that's too funny. <laughs> oh too gosh, funny. I'm I'm glad that someone laughs at my misfortune. No, no, the tour has been going well, and I. Uh, I yeah I have I, I don't know like I said every once in a while I pick up something to show but no, I would say that maybe some signed Joe Hill stuff would be my knee jerk reaction. Okay, all right, uh, real quick, remind us one more time where you're going to be in December. December, I am going to be December sixth. I'll be in Madison Heights, Michigan, at Comics and More, owned by the Chris Brown. Uh, December thirteenth, I'll be at Hazel's Heroes Comics and More, and that is in North Canton, Michigan. Uh, or Ohio, sorry, Ohio, Ohio, I say. North Canton, Ohio. Don't go to Michigan looking for me on the 12th, you won't find, or the 13th, you won't find me there. Um, December 20th, then, I am wrapping up the tour. I will be at Pack Rat Comics in Marysville, Ohio, at 11. And then at 3 o'clock, I will be at the uh, Pack Rat Comics in Hilliard, 
Ohio, to end the tour, 24 appearances, 18 consecutive weeks, including a vacation to Florida dropped in the middle of it all. Damn, boy. There it is. There you go. Eat all it. Right. Or eat it. What do you want us to listen to this month? Well, as we talked about earlier, because it wasn't on last month, I actually had a song picked out. I'm doing two songs this month. I'm doing one now, and I'll do my other one. Am I doing one towards the end of the show, I guess? Yeah, we'll do them back to back. Back to back? Yep. Well, let me tell you about this first one. Dan, I'm so excited. If you use the word Mike Patton more than two times, I will turn you off. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, I'm so Threats. turned on. Threats. You turn me off. <laughs> no, um, Faith No More is getting back together. And, um, you know, that's been, they've been touring in Europe and stuff here, you know, so I think it's just been one of those matter of time things. But the question was, will they record? And honestly, I don't think it's a question of will they record, it's when will they record. And uh, they are recording, <clears throat> and they released their first single. On Record Store Day, they released it on 45. And it's funny you mentioned Mike Patton because what's so brilliant about this single, the single's called Motherfucker, (laughs) is when people hear Faith and Moore's Game Back Together, everyone gets on the tizzy about Mike Patton. And Patton... Three. (laughs) I I didn't say his full name. (laughs) Didn't say his full name. Patton is a, a vocal god. I mean, bottom line. I mean, they're, he's just easily the best male vocalist in rock today, period. I mean, there's no – they even did that big thing about who has the best range in, in music right now, and Mike Patton has the best range in, in music. But Faith No More is more than him. You know, you've got great guitarist, you got, you know – great bass player, you got Billy Gold, you got John Hudson on guitar, you got Mike Borden on drums, you got Roddy Bottom on keyboards. And Faith No More works not because of Patton, but because of the whole band. So, on their first single, which MFR, we'll call it, <laughs> um, You've already what's great said it is... Once. You can say it again. Yeah, well, I'm just, you know, whatever. Roddy sing the the keyboardist who was in a band called Imperial Teen actually does most of the singing. So that's brilliant. Patton only does the refrain mainly. And a lot of people when they think of Faith No More, they think of oh epic, you know, the radio single that really put him on people's radar. Uh, with the name MFR for the title, it's completely non radio friendly. And even if you could get past that they continuously use the word, you know, uh, throughout the song, as you're about to hear. So you have a new Faith No More single that is not patent-centric and can't be played on the radio. Brilliant and textbook vintage Faith No More. So my first song, now that I'm back, is Motherfucker by Faith No More. What's the other one? You gotta back him up. Are well, are you gonna play that and then I'll come back for the second one? No! That's the way I'm doing it. Back play the to song! Back song! Well, yeah, but I'm gonna introduce the other one. Alright. Play this one first. Alright, everybody. This is motherfucker. Thank you. 
force fed more than we'd eat in the wild grazed on a mash that could suffocate a child bloated promoted in an ode to pomp and style moisten in the feed while we choke upon the bile corner in the market on the geese without the bones hushing out the public in a strike without a drone the cage became collapsible our sticks equipped with stones get the motherfucker on the phone the phone get the motherfucker on the phone Awesome, and I promise you, you will have the hook of that song in your head all day. So, so catchy. <laughs> but lest I torture you just with that hook in your head all day, I'm going to go a little more metal now. And uh, I, I will admit that I'm still a little bit shocked that last year when we did our countdown, we had absolutely zero of the same albums in our top ten. And uh, I'm real curious to see what happens for next month, what your picks will be. But I'll tell you right now, as far as I'm concerned, Machine Head has put out one of the best records of the year with their new one, Bloodstone and Diamonds. Um, they've released, they released a little while back a demo of Killers and Kings, which is great. Now We Die has a video. Um, I, I heard on Cirrus they've, they've been playing uh, Beneath the Silt. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit deeper into the album. Um, 
there's so much I could say about, you know, when Machine Head came on the scene years ago, I thought they were good. And then they kind of veered off track a little bit. And they're one of those bands that sadly, because they put out a couple albums that weren't very good, I just never really took them seriously again. And then when uh, The Awakening came out and then Under the Locust and now Bloodstone and Diamonds. I know a lot of people like to say Pantera is the band that took Metallica's spot, classic Metallica. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it right now with um, Bloodstone and Diamonds that as far as I'm concerned, that title goes to Machine Head at this point. Um, they have put out three. And, and I haven't gone back and really given Through the Ashes Vampires a fair shake yet. A lot of people say that record's also very good, but these last three Machine Head records have been absolutely amazing. And anybody that wants big, long, complex, heavy metal, and I'll say it in American metal songs, my God, pick up Bloodstone and Diamonds. Um, they actually have a deluxe version of the record that came out with like a nice little booklet and things like that, which is kind of a... Uh, the rage for some bands these days. Um, but I'm going to go a bit deeper in the album. Um, a semi-ballad, but not really. Kind of a slower tempo at first, deceptively slow. Um, song called Sail Into the Black. It starts kind of slow and then just becomes uber, uber heavy. Um, really, I would encourage anybody to check out Bloodstone and Diamonds uh, by Machine Head for my second song. Now that the scales have evened and we're back on track, let's go with Sail Into the Black by Machine Head. And then after this, I will see you guys at the end of the show.
So it is interview time here on Monsters and Metal, and joining me uh, is a band. I love having bands here on the show. I'm tired of talking to comic book creators, and these guys are a hell of a lot more entertaining. I have Adam and Jim joining me from Spectres. What's up, guys? Hey, hey. Hey, what's up? So, uh, you know, the, the easy thing to do, because there's two of you, is to say who you are. That way they can associate your voice with it. Yeah, sure. So I'm Adam, um, and then... Uh, Basically, I just did vocals and a lot of the mixing, uh, some of the songwriting, and the drums, and then. Uh, and I'm Jim, and I played all the guitars and bass and a bit of keyboards and that. Yeah. All right. So the the first thing I'm definitely gonna point out is the CD kicks so much fucking ass that <laughs> it's it's unbelievable to learn that it's just two of you. Ah, thank you, man. So where I, I where did you even say? Well, we don't need everybody else. Well, it wasn't about that. I mean, uh, so I make tattoos for a living, and I was doing tattoos on Adam, and we found out that uh, we had some musical stuff in common, and we both played in bands before, and um, we just thought it would be fun to try to write some songs together. We each had riffs lying around that we had, I don't know, either written for previous projects or just had kicking about, and, and we thought it would be fun to try to put something together, so... Uh, it was never about excluding anybody else as much as no. there was never anybody else around. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, like, it's funny. Like, I, I'm a, I'm a nerd, dude. I'm a computer software engineer. So, um, you know, we both have professional lives, and just finding someone who was skilled and interested in making really good music, um, but didn't want to make it the center of their life and like do the tour and all that stuff was was kind of hard to to find. You know? Sure. So. Sure. Okay, well, let's let's kind of describe the band itself. You know, what, what would you guys classify yourselves as? Uh, like prog, metal, thrash. Yeah, yeah, we, something. We like all you know, all genres associated with metal and other <clears throat> things as well. I mean, there's some sensitive stuff in there as well, and mm-hmm. I really like. I, I've always liked sensitive music in a heavy metal <laughs> context, like uh, Annihilator or something. Did that a lot, and yeah. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, we just try to be a metal band, and we're uh, open to whatever else comes along with that. Yeah, I mean, I think this it shows in a couple of our songs, particularly uh, "Subterranean Rhapsody" is one that kind of goes That's all the over the map. Title now. Oh, is it? Sorry. Oh my God, you're right. We got a. <laughs> what did we call that damn song? I can't remember. Yeah, "Tremble Before Us." There you go. So, That's your uh, nice ten-minute plus song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just wanted to. <laughs> We we seriously just did that because we wanted to have a ten minute song. Yeah. Like, we're determined to make it ten minutes no matter what. <laughs> what else can we throw in here? Why? Yeah. Why are we? Well, there was a lot nine? of that. <laughs> we actually took stuff out. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, where where can we find you guys online? If if someone wants to know where you're at or he wants to go check out your music before we go and play it here on the show. Where, where can we find yeah, online? Your well, I mean, I I, I like Bandcamp because um, pretty much we're not out to do this to make any money. You know, we just wanted to make an album, so that's the that's the place to get it for free. Um, we are on iTunes and Spotify and all that business, but uh, but uh, Bandcamp is the place to go. And so the the link is just spectersmetal.bandcamp.com, and we spell our name all funny, so it's s p e c t r e s metal bandcamp.com. Well, that technically is the way to spell Spectre. Yeah, I guess I so. <laughs> we're all yeah, we're all English like. <laughs> no, that's that that's really cool. And now you did say you can get it for free, but 
You do accept donations. Yeah, yeah, sure. Name your price, man. (laughs) We'll we'll donate that money to whatever you want us to. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's 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 really cool. And like you said, you're on uh, Facebook as well, but that's Specters CA. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's funny because there, believe it or not, there are lots of other Specters. In fact, there was a Specters from the '60s, which we were kind of wrongly grouped with on iTunes for a little bit. So it was like a bunch of kind of the monkeys style era of music and then we were their latest album 40 years later you know <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah. well that's that's real cool and this this album came out in uh, July yep is that correct yep. and the album mm-hmm. was Ghost of a Revolution mm-hmm. that's right uh, so let's talk about feedback I mean what are you guys hearing in terms of feedback on the album well everyone loves it like <laughs> Yeah, obviously, <laughs> clearly, yeah. Um, no, we got we had a lot of good feedback. We actually, you know, I didn't. Um, neither of us really pushed hard on setting out press kits or anything like that. Maybe maybe we should have, but um, you know, like you and a couple other people um, just kind of found us organically through the Bandcamp thing, and um, we got a lot more kind of thumbs up and good stuff than than we expected, and uh, you know, people just found it we're like oh i'm gonna write a review on this and then the review was nine out of ten or whatever so it was uh you know really awesome yeah it's been better than we could have uh could have expected because we like we said we were just doing it for fun so that's all good well yeah. that's that's the the funny thing too is is you know you you say you you didn't really go out and, and, and push it when when it went up but you can listen to every song on Bandcamp, you can go to youtube you guys put a, a video up for every song i mean it's it's all out there to be accessed for the most part and and for people to at least check it out i mean that's yeah that's that's the cool thing about it but i i'm sure that's something that you you thought in your mind like well this is kind of what you got to do just to be heard in, in the first place yeah a little bit i mean you know we sank we sank some money into some really great artwork that uh, a guy named eric Priestley did for us um and uh that was pretty much the sole investment besides i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. we bought a lot of instruments together and stuff like that but um at this point we there really hasn't we didn't buy any studio time i mean we recorded all this in my house so mm-hmm. it's all self-mixed and self-produced and uh jim's jim's brother who's a, a, a professional studio engineer um mastered it for us was kind enough to do that so he's called paul Viner. yes Check him out. He's awesome. He does. He does he's great. Not very work. good looking, but he's, he's otherwise awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys have links to 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 the artists and and Paul um, on your Bandcamp page. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So if anyone's yeah. curious about that, and I, I was going to bring up the the artwork because that ties into the horror comic book typey thing. So yeah, sure. <laughs> that's that that's really cool. We'll, we'll talk about that that later. So. Um, Obviously, you're in California. You're not coming to Illinois anytime soon. I'm not going to see you live. But have I'm coming to Illinois, but Adam's not. <laughs> All right. Well, are, are we going to put on we a show? We can have a beer, but <laughs> there you show. go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, are people asking you to, to do shows? Have you have you thought about that, or was it always just the thought of just putting it together the way it is? No, we we have thought about it, and and there has been interest in that, uh, especially around here. There's some opportunities for us to do that, but. Uh, first thing we would have to do is get other, you know, other <laughs> musicians on board and and uh, teach them everything and go from there. And there's a couple of people that we talk to about that, but it's also at a point in in our lives where we've got other things going on. Adam just had his first son a week ago. Yeah, Woo! congrats, yeah. congrats. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah that's i mean playing shows would be rad someday but yeah. um right now i think our focus is just uh kind of trying to make some rad tunes in sure. whatever way that we can are you guys yeah. currently working on, on new stuff I, uh, again we're, we're busy with a new child but yeah that's, that's why we're not <laughs> yeah but, we, but as soon as that cools off we got a lot of uh new ideas just floating about so we'll get right back to it as soon as we can yeah i mean one of the things that's that we did with this one is we probably wrote at least the kind of 50 percent of about 20 songs or like maybe 18 songs and then cut it back down to the ones that actually you know gelled well and made good sense so we have a lot of old riffs kind of still lying around i don't know if we'll use them or not but we certainly got a pool of material to draw from so sure, sure. hopefully there'll be a lot more a cesspool of material yes yeah, cesspool yeah <laughs> well let's talk about your your metal roots um what got you into metal in the first place for me, I I, uh, I grew up in Los Angeles, and we had a metal radio station called KNAC when I was a kid. So I listened to KNAC, and I was nine years old hearing metal bands on the radio, and I thought it was the best shit ever. And so I've been into metal since I was a kid, and started playing guitar at you know 25 years ago when I was 11. And all I wanted to do was was uh, shred on the guitar and play fast stuff like these metal bands I was hearing. So. Yeah, I mean, for oh, well, and then for me, I just I came more from the the hardcore angle, and so I was listening to, you know, a bunch of uh, like straight edge bands back when I was in middle school, like Earth Crisis and Snapcase, and uh, eventually kind of made my way through the metalcore path to like you know more straight up thrash metal and stuff like that. Um, but I've always been a big fan of progressive bands, like Between the Barry to Me is for sure, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with even their first album um and i followed i've they're one of the, those bands that's just like hit every single album they put out they've kind of that's that's talked to me so um that's certainly a big root for me sure how about you jim what, what any any band particularly that that stood out when back in those days yeah for sure there's there's a few i mean in the late 80s early 90s i i really loved annihilator canadian mm-hmm. metal band was always one of my favorites jeff waters is one of my favorite guitar players, Testament. I mean, uh, old Metallica was awesome. I just kind of standard stuff. They got me into it. And then, uh, I played in punk bands for years as well. So got more of a punk feel through that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, now, now we like a lot of the same metal bands, uh, between the Barry and me for sure. And, um, Gorod, of the facelift. I mean, there's like a, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, I mean, our, our time spent in, in the tattoo booth. We really kind of, we did a lot of, uh, <laughs> yeah, did a lot of listening to metal, you know. <laughs> but yeah, the old stuff I loved Annihilator. I mean, old Megadeth, old Metallica, simple stuff like that, you know. And um, I even liked. I just listened to a lot of guitar players too, from back in that day. Uh, you know, like Vinnie Moore and Tony McAlpine, and yeah. you know, just dickhead stuff that I wanted to live up to. <laughs> the big hair. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> if there's uh, who are you listening to these days that people need to check out that they might not have heard of? Oof. I just found a band the other day that and their shit is epic. They're called Sons of Aurelius. Oh, a- they are awesome. Son of Aurelius, oh yeah. my Ooh, god, so dude. And Local band here in Santa Cruz, so Yeah. Beautiful vocals and and uh the instrumentation's really really nice, so You yeah. guys you guys might actually find yourselves on my top 10 list at the end of the year with them. Oh, oh, dude, that would be, that would be insanely flattering. Just saying. That's true. 
Man. Yeah, the, uh, Westward Sun is an amazing album. Oh, the, so good. Yeah, they're doing good. We like uh, Revocation as well. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. that's Death a stretch. Death just came out. That yeah, that that band is is pretty awesome too. Uh, fucking who else? Well, I'm I'm looking through my phone right now, so I can see. <laughs> can see. I mean, well, that's, that's how it works now. You don't know who you like anymore. For, for sure, we listened to a shitload of Opeth together. I mean, that was you know a common thread, and that's kind of where we, where the sensitive side comes in for us. Yeah, man, they're a band that really bridges the gap between heavy stuff and uh, melodic and more sensitive music for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I found some. But everyone's heard of Opeth. We're talking about who. Oh, oh, like, oh, yeah, the, hot, the new hotness. Yeah, you're right. If so. you guys, don't, if, you don't, if we don't big up this Opeth, I got man, one. I got one. And and I want this. I want this song to bookend to bookend our song too. There's a band called the Baptists. Okay. Uh, or just Baptists actually, and I think they're from North Carolina. Or I don't. I actually don't really know where they're from, but they have a album called Bushcraft, and their first song off that album called Betterment is just crushing and it's like it's kind of a converged style a little bit so it's it's definitely uh you know got that i don't know i don't even know what would you call that like hardcore thrash blend thing that converge has got going on but mm-hmm. um it's so raw and the drumming is just oh, it's just in your face you know super powerful all right well let's do this let's let's throw it to that song and then we will play one of you guys' songs what song do you guys want to play of yours should probably play Marinated Brains, eh? Yeah. It's, short, it's the shortest one on there, so we won't bore people to death. <laughs> All right, we will do that, and I will be back talking to you guys in a little bit. Sounds awesome. great.
and we are here to do another monster messaging with Dave Elliott. What's up, Dave? Hey, Dan. Pleased to be back. Yeah. It, it feels like it's been a while. Well, we, we, well, okay. So the way everyone understood it was, see, the last time we talked was before New York. Yeah. So you know, and and that's a busy time, especially for a lot of people who are part of the show. So we decided just to do the music episode last month and and whatnot. But you're back now. Well, kind of, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> He's not home, is what he means. Yeah, I'm like three thousand miles away from where I normally am. So, yeah. yeah. You need to get home, uh, bud. Yeah, no, we'll be. I'll be. I'll actually. Uh, I will have been back for Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. And then hopefully you're back for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving was great, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about New York real quick. Let's recap us on New York. How was it? Um, I have no idea because I didn't end up going. Oh, I actually, really? yeah, no, it was. Um, I, at the moment, I, for for the last several months, I've actually um, very quietly been working for Deviant Art, and so it's they're based in Los Angeles, and so I've pretty much been out in Los Angeles the last several months. So you know, New York Comic Con, which was normally home turf for me, was all of a sudden. Yeah, wow, did I really want to get on an airplane, stay in a hotel, and then rush back to to work again? Oh, sure. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it Makes was. Sense. Yeah. Um, so it here's was. But I, you, hear, I hear it was great. <laughs> I hear it was great. Here's what you missed $1,000 in comic sales. That's true. I don't know if I don't. Maybe that's true. I don't know. No, I mean that's that's pretty much on par what I did. I did a little over that last year, um, but it cost me five hundred dollars for a table. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you. Yeah, that that's part of the game. That's all. yeah. That's part of the yeah. Game. It's good PR being there, and it was it was a shame I wasn't there. But um, sure. Hey. Well, you got anything coming up in in December? What what do we got going on? Um. I've just been working super hard on uh, Weeding Willows, apart from the, the Deviant Art gig, which has taken up more time than I, I, I'd expected it to, but I'm still pushing ahead with um, Weeding Willows and dealing with the origins of Morlocks. So, those damn Morlocks. Those damn Morlocks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they oh, and they they just love to eat people. They really do. Well, that's what happens, though. Yeah, you trap them underground, and they get hungry. Yep. But so I did what, find out, though. I did find out that Morlocks aren't who we thought they were. Oh. But you're going to have to read Weeding Willows, the second volume, to find out. There you go. <laughs> Any idea when we might be able to read that? Um, it should be starting to be serialized. Very soon, I'm I'm way ahead of the curve on episodes, so hopefully we can start running it like next, you know, this maybe even later this month. Okay. So I'll, you know, hopefully I'll, yeah, before the end of the month, um, we'll start seeing them. Nice, nice. We're so- gonna we're gonna release it on digitally first. Okay. Um, and oh, by the way, and if anybody who hasn't seen Weirding Willows yet. 
and would like to chance to actually get a free taste of it, you can. I'm serializing it for free on Keenspot.com, so you can find the strip there. Okay, that's really cool. So, what's the idea behind doing that? Um, you know, it, it's like it is. It's just to to get an audience out, and the um, and the way Keenspot run their site is that. You know, I, I post two pages a week, like on a Monday and a Thursday. So it's not like you can't read the whole thing immediately. It's going to take a while. Um, but if you read a few pages and you go, you know what, this is pretty good. I like this. You can actually, they have buttons at the bottom of the page to buy it either through Amazon or Comixology or find your local comic book store. So, you know, hopefully I drive people, you know, to pick it up in other, in other areas. And that's Keen's book, K-E-E-N. SPOT. Yeah, that's right. Just so everybody knows. That's really cool. I mean, that, and that's a really cool feature that, that Keenspot throws out there for, like you said, for you to get it out there for people to see it. And, you know, it, um, one, one thing I'm, I'm curious about, okay, let's say let's say I read the first four pages, and, and that's all you have up at the moment. Is there right. a way for me to subscribe to be notified when the next one comes out? Um, what, on Keenspot? Yes. No, it's just you just, you know, you can just bookmark it and go back on Monday. You know, it's mon- every Monday and Thursday. Okay, well, bookmarking it works as, as well, too. Yeah, yeah. That's so, really cool. Yeah. Well, now, um, how long will that be up for? Um, well, that's going to just keep going because as I produce the new material, it will go through the first volume and then into the second volume, and I'll just keep producing material. Okay. That's a really cool, like I said, that's a real cool way to do it uh, webcomic-wise. I'm looking at it right now, and I see that beautiful map. <laughs> <laughs> I love that damn map. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I've, I've got to work. Uh, I've got to, um, the next map I'm doing is almost the same map, but 100,000 years in the future. Oh, nice. And so you'll get to see what that whole area looks like then. That's really cool. I want to hire you just to do maps for me. Oh, do I have such? There's, just, there's such a blast, and and that's the thing. It's like you know, um, I just you know, I think there's nothing like when you look at everything from Winnie the Pooh to Wind in the Willows to Lord of the Rings. They all had these great maps in there, and they you know when you've got like when you've got this you know a world, and even though it may seem like the world you know you're in. There's nothing like having a map to put you in a, your place, so you kind of like, oh, I know where this is. And you could you could honestly technically do that with with any comic book, and I'm not joking. You look at the look at the DC universe. Just that comes off the top of my mind first because Marvel's like New York City and stuff like that. But if you look at DC, you know where's Gotham on this map, and and where's Metropolis or where's, well, they used where's to the do Flash, that, they, you know, and, and stuff like well, that. Well, they used to do that. I remember years ago they. They actually hired Elliot Brown, who Elliot Brown had, uh, was best known for working at Marvel, doing all those great cross sections of the Baxter Building and the Avengers Mansion and things like that. And here's what the inside of the Quinjet looks like. Um, they were awesome. They, you know, that was great. And, and it's just, it's just a, such a shame that we don't see that anymore. Well, we're going to change that. You and me. Yeah. We are going to change the <laughs> by map. Hook or by we, hook. we are going to cartographer up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's great. All right, well, you're in LA. What's what's going on out there? Have you have you had a chance to check out any new TV shows or, or movies or anything while you're out there? Um, well, I've been I've been watching uh, Constantine so far, okay. which which you know has been good so far. So I've actually quite liked it. I mean, it's not you know obviously it's not as sort of hardcore as Jamie Delano's original comic, but um, yeah, it's it's not bad, and um, so I'm 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 digging that. Um, what else? Have you um, checked out the Flash or Gotham? Um, I've watched Gotham. Um, I'm in. I'm kind of intrigued. I, you know, it's uh, Gotham's. Gotham's, you know, interesting. It's because um, I'm. I'm one of those people who don't like prequels. Really, I don't like the idea of like. Look, I know where everybody is. I know what their origins are. Don't try making this like. We know where everyone ends up. So, if you're going to introduce a guy who's like Cobblepot, we know he's going to become the Penguin. So, I mean, it's interesting, but there's no, you know, there's no big reveals to be had. Sure. Um. So. Uh, but it's interesting. It's 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 been interesting the the approach they've taken to it. So I've I have actually been, you know, I've watched the first four episodes. Okay. Um, so that's not been bad. Um, I saw um, I I saw Interstellar at the weekend. Okay. Um, which yeah, it was it was okay. It was good. I mean, it was a you know visually it was a really cool movie. Um, you know, just. Uh, yeah, it went a bit sort of yeah off the rails in the last last act, but okay. See, um, I, me personally, I don't know. It's I couldn't say I would see that just because I mean, this is how bad I am. I because Matthew McConaughey is in it. it. It would make it tough for me to see that. <laughs> you really don't like him? No, I I, I really don't. I liked him. Also, oh, that means you on. haven't seen True Detective. I I've tried. Uh, I, I tried to start it, and I was, like, doing two things at once, so I really need to go back to it. I, I know I want to see it. Yeah, True Detective, you're like that. I, I think you're like that. Whether you like the actors in it or not, I mean, um, I think, you know, Matthew McConaughey went through a, a, a stage of, um, they put him, you know, they, he was, like, um, an action hero in movies, and... He, you know, he, he, he ended up, it almost was like, you know, give him a check and he'd be in anything. Right. <laughs> um, but it was, and, and I thought, seriously, I thought, right, okay, he's gone. We're not going to see this guy in a serious movie again. And then he did the, um, 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 the was it Dallas Cowboy? Oh, the Buyers Club? That's Dallas it, Club. yeah. 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 That was a good um, one. I like that one. But like I I I should say this. I wouldn't go to the theater to see a McConaughey movie. Um I'm a wait 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 for McConaughey at home. Well, I think, you know, uh, look, I with with Interstellar it was I saw the trailers. I mean, look, I'm a I'm a guy who's got two daughters um and so of course like, you know, the idea of leaving them behind sort of maybe never seeing them again. Kind of gets me, um, so I was like, "Okay, you've got me hooked. I want to come. I'll, I'll, I'll come and see this." Uh, and and it's and it seemed like they were trying to do something, you know, really, you know, because it, it's these days, you know, the having someone try to do something meaningful, it's it doesn't happen too often. 
And mm-hmm. so I, so I thought they tried. Um, and you know, it was, he was, he's obviously a big fan of Steven Spielberg and, and Stanley Kubrick, and he should have actually picked either one or the other for this movie. He's tried to sort of, there's bits of it that's Kubrick and there's bits of it that's Spielberg and those two, their mental space is so far apart from each other. You can't pull them together. Okay. I got you. Um, but it's still good. I mean, and it's, you know, I mean, it's just actually, I mean, it's, it's really long, but it's, it was kind of still worth it to see it because, you know, and on the big screen, I saw it on the IMAX. So it was, okay. you know, it, it looked cool, but it was, yeah, just, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, it was one of the, I, you know, I, ne- I, I very rarely let myself get any high expectations of movies these days. Okay, um, sure. So, uh, and I did on this one. I, I, I allowed myself to, which was a mistake, and I've realized I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> I had got the chance to see uh, Gone Girl, and I loved it. Absolutely. Oh yeah, loved it was it. good. Yes. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, that yeah. was, and, and to me, um, you know, it. I haven't seen a really, 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 really good movie in a long time. Like a movie that said, "Oh my God, you should go back to the theater, or you should just turn around, and go buy another ticket, and see it again." But when I walked out of the theater on that, and I, I still to this day, I still want to go back to the theater and see it again. I've really liked that movie. Oh, uh, because uh, see, it's funny because that's the like to me that's the type of movie that I, I would go oh yeah that looks cool great i'll you know i'll see that when that's on netflix or sure you know hbo because you know these days i just it, you know uh i don't get to the movie that often and when i do it's okay i you know it's got a means it's got to be something big so interstellar was it well yeah i i can understand that or like seeing the movie fury i want to see fury as well i think that would play out better on the big screen you got the big battles and and all that yeah Yeah, i know what you mean i know what you mean um i tell you we're out of time already (sighs) so we'll have to do it again next time real quick since it's since it's december what are we getting for christmas what do we want santa to bring us um, well, it's funny. It's like I'm tempted at the moment. Um, uh, Christmas for me is just going to be uh, because I'm in Los Angeles. I'm I'm thinking of instead of going back to New York, uh, just bringing my daughters out here and spending uh, Christmas in Los Angeles, like doing the usual sort of Disney and Universal tours and things like that. Oh, so cool. that'd be cool. Yeah. So that's 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 what I'm hoping to do for as or at least Santa's going to do for Christmas for me. <laughs> You'll have a bright sunny, no snowy Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. As what, about always, me? what about you? What about you? What do I want for Christmas? Hmm. Good question. Let's see. What Ooh. do I want for Christmas? You haven't thought about it? I want to do no. I never think about it. Uh, I want to do Masters of Metal for another year. Right? Does that count? That's, that's a given. <laughs> Come on. No, that's that, you haven't thought you haven't thought about it, have you? Right. No, I haven't. I haven't. Yeah. I'm okay. too far away. I got to get past Thanksgiving first. <laughs> you going anything? we nice for Thanksgiving. Uh, no, not really. We 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 don't do too much. 
we uh, head to St. Louis, and and that's about it. Right. Yeah. And, right, and you'll be heading back home, so you have a safe trip as well. Thank you. So, uh, where can we find you online? Um, uh, on DeviantArt as Dave Elliott, D E V E L I O T at DeviantArt, um, and you can find me on Keenspot. I've got not only Weirding Willows, but I've got uh, Carp Diem's going up, Odyssey is going up. You can still find Marksman there, uh, Samurai's Blood, The Vault. Um, so yeah, nice. Very nice. Dave, as always, it is a pleasure to have you here on the show, and we'll talk to you next time. My pleasure, as always. Our first Century Media Spotlight this month comes to us from Ingested, with a new album coming out in early 2015. This is Divine Right of Kings.
It is time to do another Strange Kids Club Presents What's Crackling with Decap and Rondo. What's up, Rondo? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> What's up, man? Man, I, I, I do have to say this real quick, okay? The entries for the Serial Monster Contest were absolutely insane. Right? I was I was impressed, man. I think people pulled out the stops this year because we're, we're thinking it might be the last year for the contest. No. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But we, we sort of hinted at it being the last one. So I think that, that really made people pull out the stops. Well, they were absolutely insane. It was unbelievable. If you guys have no idea what we're talking about, um, I think you posted all the pictures on Facebook, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, so you can see all the entries on our Facebook page, um, and then we've got the, the grand prize winners on our website. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Uh, okay, so we are back to talk a movie, and uh, once again, we we stayed away from Crackle, and we went to Amazon this time, and Amazon had just put up uh, You're Next. And I was like, eh, I'm going to give this one a try, and then I saw it, and I sent Rydell a message right afterwards and said, hey, I think we're going to do this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Then you made me mad and told me you got to see a sneak peek of it and everything. And Well, it's it's interesting, and I guess we'll, we'll bring it up as we do the review. But, yeah, I got to see an advanced screening of it um, here in Austin. And uh, so I was really excited. They gave out you know the mask from the movie and all that kind of stuff. But watching it the second time was definitely a different experience. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, so basically what we have is a movie that uh, was filmed, if I'm reading this right, it was filmed in 2011, or it came out, no, it it made its debut in 2011 at some film festivals, but didn't technically come out until 2013. It had a uh, Cabin in the Woods delay to it, I suppose you could say. Um, so, So the first thing going through my head, when I'm watching this, is ugh, not another funny games. <laughs> I didn't hate funny games, just for everyone out there. I didn't hate it, but it was very slow. Yeah. Funny games was just like a dragger. It was like, ugh, it's never going to end. And then it finally ended. So, uh, okay, so what we have here is uh, Little ho- Last House on the Left as well. Think, yeah, that's a good one. Think Funny Games meets Last House on the Left. You got this house in the middle of nowhere, and basically, um, they're a rich family. There, there was what four kids all together. Think so, so, yeah. So the four kids show up with their their wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, and whatnot, and they. It was for a holiday. I don't know. It was for a family reunion. The the, it was, the parents yeah. were celebrating their anniversary. There you go, yep. And uh, so so they all get together, and then all of a sudden, it just gets batshit crazy, and they start getting killed. <laughs> You're so crazy. And and that's the funny thing. It's like the the first half of the movie, and I, I, there was another movie we did that was like this too. The The first half of the movie is serious. It is like balls to the wall <laughs> serious. But then all of a sudden, the, the chick turns into the fucking killing machine, and, <laughs> and it's like... What? Where did this? Where did the twist happen here? What am I missing? And I that like was. That. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I just. I was just gonna say it was, and it. It to me that was like the the funny, the funny aspect to it because, oh, she just happened to be trained to be a survivalist, and this is what they train you to be a survivalist in in Australia. <laughs> what am I? <laughs> 
So I was, I was going to say, yeah, I like how they sort of like just chalked it up to her being a survivalist. And, you know, all of a sudden she's like this sexy Macaulay Culkin character. You know, she's setting up traps yeah. and like, just like taking everybody out. Oh my god, it was it was too funny. I mean, the, and that was the the funny part. I'm gonna give this movie huge props on one death scene, though. Do you know which death scene I'm gonna talk about? Possibly, I know which one I like the most. It's the one where the chick goes running out the fucking door. Yes. Oh man, I was <laughs> holding my throat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here just and, and to me that's like an eyeball scene. It's like, oh okay, close your eyes. I am not gonna watch an eyeball scene. I was sitting here on the couch going holding my throat going, Oh my god, stop, stop playing Like, <laughs> oh that scene was so intense. Uh it was the best scene in the movie, and I think it's the the second death scene. So like you, you have one death scene and then this is like the follow up and then all the other ones are, are okay, but this one is like the, the the spark that just set the rest of the movie off. It it really did, yeah. Cause, and I'm not gonna say it had a slow start to it. I didn't. I definitely did not think it, it starts off perfect because you have spoiler alert. You know the the neighbors getting taken out. Yep. And then you know it's it. Um, and then and then you have the build to the to the family and being there and whatnot. And I, I it, it's creepy. I mean there there are aspects to it. Where you you definitely get uh, more like a Last House on the Left vibe, where it's not comedy, it's it's straight horror. But then, like I said, you you do hit that part in the movie when she starts building things, when she starts putting the nails and things and and stuff like that. I think that's where it it jumps jumps the rails a little bit, and then becomes the dark comedy that it is. Well, I mean, all they needed was like a music montage, a music montage from the eighties. You know, oh, that like, would have been that would have been perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, dun, 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 dun. All I'm doing is is hearing the Team America Montage song in my head right now. <laughs> so we're gonna no, need so, <laughs> so the first time I watched it, like I was blown over. Like I had heard about this movie, I was excited to see it. It was only in festivals. Couldn't get to see it. Finally got into this, you know, screening, and it was just like I couldn't have been happier afterwards. Seeing it the second time. I think I was still impressed by the movie itself, but when they started to try to explain things at the end, like it, for whatever reason, it really stood out to me this time. So I'm not going to spoil anything, but they explain why these killers are, you know, killing the family and whatnot. But I thought I thought that it was the the reason. Uh, no. The reason behind the reason, I thought it was obvious. <laughs> I thought, I thought, probably, probably about the third or fourth death, it was the, it was very obvious that that's what it was. Yeah, it definitely starts to lead you along, and I think it's like they explain some things and not others. So, like, they never explain necessarily like why the killers wear the masks or anything like that. And I guess just watching it the second time, it really bothered me. Now, if it had more of like a strangers or the strangers sort of feel to it, where it's just completely oh, that like, was a, man, you know, that was a freaking oh, that movie was bad too. Oh, I forgot about the strangers. <laughs> and I don't mean bad like that. That's a creepy movie. It is, and that's it's like because, an uncomfortable movie. That's what that is. Yeah, and it's because there's no like justification. It just bad things happen. Bad shit happens. 
So I think if if your next had gone either one way or the other, I think it would have been more of a solid flick. It's still a really good flick. Like I'm not harshing on it, but I think that definitely stood out the second time I watched. Sure, sure. No, and it, and, and and you know what? I it, I I'll say this. I really really enjoyed the movie. I don't a hundred percent know I'd watch it again. Um. Obviously not not back to back. I think time would definitely have to be in between for me to forget some stuff. But I could watch that scene of her running through the door. <laughs> that, oh, that I haven't seen a death that good in a movie in so long. It's so it's so unexpected, but yet it's done. So, oh, it's so painful to even think about. <laughs> the only thing that's like that hard to think about. Did you ever see? Oh, what was it called? It, James Franco, when he 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 plays the guy who gets trapped in the mountains. Oh the no, real, I didn't the real life mode, 128 hours or something like that. I don't remember, but the scene where he has to cut his arm off because he's trapped under the rock, the scene where he has to cut his arm off is one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. Oh. And it's because the way they the way they do it and the way they match it up with the music and the sound. Oh. And that that scene where her running through the door is is just like that. <laughs> it's oh, it's it's fantastic, but man, is it disturbing. <laughs> I think that's just the easiest way to put it. So, um, yeah, that's that's gonna do it for for the movie. I can't remember. It's been so long since we did this. Do we rate them? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I remember. I was, there's segments where I remember we rate the music and we rate this and we rate that. I don't remember if we rate the movies or not, but I'll, I'll give it I don't know, two thumbs up. There you I'll, go. I'll, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, I think two's being fair. Um, okay, so I, I know we're not going to talk about some things, but uh, see how it is December now and the holidays are coming up. I gotta ask you, what do you want for the holidays? What do I want for the holidays? I want world destruction for okay, the holidays. Sure. <laughs> Apparently no, I... that's coming. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Sooner or later, man, it's coming. Um, no, man, that's a good question. Um, I think last yeah. year you told us you wanted an Alf doll. I wanted an Alf doll last year. I think I'm looking for a My Pet Monster, like the the classic 80s My Pet Monster. I can get you the VHS tape. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you can, just for everyone out there, you can watch that on YouTube. The entire thing on YouTube. For free, so you know. for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the only thing worse than that movie is probably the Garbage Pail Kids cartoon series. I do not remember the cartoon series. It's rough. I it's remember rough, the movie, man. and I heard they're going to make another movie. I'm, I'm a little excited about that. We'll I, also that heard they're, I also know that they're going to make a Garbage Pail Kids comic book series. Oh, no, I hadn't heard about that. I'm not too excited about that one, but we'll see. Hmm. We will definitely see. So uh, that's going to do it for, for this month. We will choose the uh, the winner later because we're recording a little early in the month. So uh, whoever wins, congratulations. And we will be back maybe next month. December's tough in terms of recording because I like to give everybody the holidays off, you know? You're so, so kind. So we will see. We will see. But, Ronald, where can we check out everything that you do? You can check out everything strange on the internets at strangekidsclub.com or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and that's Pinterest? it. 
Pinterest. No, no Pinterest yet. We haven't we haven't infected Pinterest yet. I wouldn't know. I don't even know anything about Instagram. Uh, I think it's for like pies and stuff. I oh, don't... cool! <laughs> we should make some strange kid club pies. <laughs> some mud pies. There you go. There hey. you go. Hey, thank you as always, and we'll talk to you next time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Oh, wait a minute. What song do you got for us this month? Uh, see, see? I did this. So I actually I Facebooked you the MP3 this month. Do you want me to? Are we going to record oh, I'm it? Still recording. People are hearing behind the scenes <laughs> shit now. This is real people. <laughs> These are our real voices. <laughs> or Alvin did the chipmunks. <laughs> we slow it down and drop it a couple octaves. <laughs> All right, what what do you got for us this month? All right, this month, um, keeping with sort of the uh, the chicks kick ass theme, we've got butcher babes. I smell a massacre. Nice. Nice choice. All right. Now, for real, we are out of here. Peace out.
first prosthetic record spotlight this month comes to us from White Arms of Athena, with the new self-titled album coming out December 2nd. This is Heavy Sleep.
Alright, it is time to do another Monkey Metal Breakdown here on Monsters and Metal. And as always, joining me this time is ZM Thomas. What's up, bud? Hey, guys. Is that the monkey voice? No, it's, that's Aww. just... that's I don't know what that was. Oh, that makes me sad. Sure, what the fuck? It's a monkey voice. There Why you not? go. There you go. How you been? We didn't. We haven't talked to you. Was New York okay for you? Yeah, New York was a good show. Good show. Uh, uh, met lots of great people, sold lots of great things. I felt like a hooker. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, just selling myself like a motherfucker, Did though. Did you hit up any concerts? Did you go to the Limp Bizkit show or something that was out there at the time? No, no, I didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, just kind of went home and passed out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lame. You did threaten me with some Nickelback today. That was. That I was did, weird. and who knows? Maybe it's not a threat. It, you you don't have to threaten it. Like I said, like I said, I'm not going to say it here, but. <laughs> I, I posted the truth I posted the truth yeah that's no fun then oh, oh I know I did see Marilyn Manson came out with a new album uh it's coming out oh coming out okay yeah it's coming just like out. he's coming out on Sons of Anarchy good lord you watch that show no I haven't seen it <laughs> he's got a little bro love in the in the, in the big house Oh, does he? Yeah, I think he's done two oh. scenes now. Hmm. Nice. Was it like Aston Mouth or? Uh, no, and he's the top. Oh, so he's the pitcher. Yeah. 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 Oh. Juice is the catcher. Yeah, poor, poor catcher. Oh, I don't know if you watch that show, and I'm spoiling stuff for you. I haven't seen it, so no. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll leave that like in like a half an hour. All right. All right. All right. Well, let's talk. Let's talk some news. Uh, let's get good news out of the way first, and, and then we'll talk some some sad news that that has happened uh, today when we're recording. Uh, so, two week old news at this point. Jeff Loomis is joining Arch Enemy. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I've seen. It looks like. Go ahead. Oh, have you? I I've seen Jeff by by himself when he was open he opened for uh Soywork. He was the lead in, lead in for Soywork on their last tour. Amazing guitar player. Absolutely amazing. Oh yeah. It just kind of seems like everybody's leaving Arch Enemy though. Well, true. True. Was the what was the who was the, what guitarist left? I guess I should look that up. Yeah. Chris Chris Amat. And he's going to finish off the the American tour. That they're fishing up right now. So by the time you hear this, they're done with that, and I think they're back over to Europe. Okay. But anyway, so so that's cool. Jeff Loomis is amazing. Check out his solo stuff if you haven't. And there is proof that Lamb of God is now writing a new album. Really? Yes. And that proof is apparently them taking a picture and posting on Twitter that something is happening. And you should hmm. go, to, go to their website. And I don't know what that means, but whatever. I've never been a big Lamb of God fan. I don't know about you. I, I liked a couple of their tracks, but be, overall, I just I never really got into them. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's news. We'll talk tours, uh, upcoming tours in, in a little bit. But we did lose uh, two people in the metal community. Uh, the first one we can talk about is um, John, Jonathan Athen, who was the uh, bassist for Black, Black Tusk. Um. Again, I'm not the biggest Black Tusk fan. I think we played some Black Tusk on the show when we had... Um... Oh, gosh, he's going to kill me. Uh, who does Who does One Year in Indiana? <ughughs> the book One oh, Year shit. in Indiana. Kurt. Is it Kurt? I don't know. I'm telling you, he's really I... going to kill me. Quick, everybody to Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing... <laughs> 
Curtains. That's it. Curtains. Sounds right. Yeah. My my internet's just deciding to that's take a right. shit on me. But I think he was the one that picked that. So, um, but yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that that we lost someone like that. And um, Black Tusk has a, a decent following, from what I know. Not my st- once. Again, it's weird. We're talking about these bands that aren't our styles. Oh hey, uh, so, um, <laughs> what? Oh my god, what's the name of that band? I hate them so much. But they, I didn't always hate them. Oh, System of Down. They're gonna do a reunion tour. How about that? Ooh. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it? I, I never liked them. I just never got into them. I saw them open up for American Head Charge. There you go. Actually, it was the other way around, but, you know. Not to you, it wasn't. Not to you. No, no it, to me, I went to go see American Head Charge. Exactly. Exactly. All, all 15 minutes. <laughs> all 15 minutes of them, huh? Well, yeah, all 15 minutes of them. Oh, boy, what a price tag I paid. Well... Wasn't isn't the other loss that we had? Didn't he just do a tour with American Head Charge too? I believe so. Well, uh-huh. I know they're uh, I know they're doing a uh, a tribute uh, show. Okay. okay. So well, yeah. Uh, right before he went on tour, and most people do know this by now, but we also did lose Wayne Static. Um, yeah. And I remember it's funny because I can actually refer to this one because I mean Static X was bigger mainstream at the time when I was in high school and, and I remember playing that tr- that CD what was the name of that CD? Wisconsin Death Trip? Wisconsin Death Trip? Yeah, I played the shit out of that CD. Yeah, yeah I did too. Actually I kind of followed uh, Static X pretty much throughout their entire career. Really? Yeah, really? yeah I was actually I never, a... I never got into anything past that first CD. Um, Their first one was their best uh, they kind of went through a little bit of a phase um but I mean, they were never bad. I always kind of enjoyed them. Yeah. Maybe it was just the nostalgia. But... Sure. I always yeah. thought I always thought their sound was and and I know in Cold Chamber was like this too. Their sound was just repetitive as hell. Yeah. In 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 what? Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Same with system. Same whole oh, big time on system. Oh, Not yeah, a fan. So I, we're I love the lot first. Of I, you know what? I really enjoyed their. Their first CD before when it came out and before they were like known, known, but then yeah, it, it seemed to just go off tracks after that. All right, let's talk tours. Let's talk some tours. Awesome. I got one, two, and three. Which one you want me to tell you about first? Let's go with three. Three. All right, Volbeat and Anthrax are teaming up to go around North America. That seems like an odd combination. Oh, and uh, opening will be Crobot. Okay. This tour starts in April. And goes until the start of June, so I agree. I, I think that's that's an odd combination. Um, you wonder if the Anthrax fans, because Volbeat's the headliner. You wonder if the Anthrax fans stick around for Volbeat. I wouldn't. No, not not a Volbeat guy. No, actually, I really don't like them. You don't like Volbeat? I like them because for st- some odd reason, and this is really weird, and everybody wonders what the hell I'm talking about. They remind me of Social Distortion. No, I don't see that. No? Just no. me. All right, just me. Just me. I'm not like the biggest Volbeat fan, but still, I, I enjoyed that, the one CD when they became famous. All right, tour, the next tour. Uh, one or two, which one? Let's do one. One? All right, Behemoth and Cannibal Corpse are teaming up. Ooh. How about that? Yeah. With opening bands, uh, Eon and, who was the last one? Tribulation. This tour uh, starts in the end of January and goes until the start of March. 
So That's there you go. Okay. I think a pretty short tour. That one should be too bad. The the question is, see, if they, I hate when they say co-headlining because see, t- which one's going first? You know, who's who's playing last? I think they should fight it out on stage every night. Wouldn't it be weird? If they, maybe they should. Wouldn't it be weird if they like interchanged it every night? And then you're like the big behemoth fan, and you're like, oh no, they're playing before Cannibal tonight. <laughs> you just get pissed about it. Uh, all right, I think what they should do is just throw in like a random fucking band right at the end. Just be like, oh, <laughs> none of them. <laughs> behemoth walks off stage, staring around for Volbeat. <laughs> like what? Stick around for the Katy Perry tribute band. <laughs> it's like what? All right, uh, all right. The last big big tour announcement. Uh, this tour starts at the end of January as well and goes until the end of February. And this is the Through Space and Grind tour. This is Napalm Death, Voivod, Exhumed, Iron Reagan, and Black Crown Initiate. Wow. And hold on, wait. Oh, there is more here. Uh, depending on what city they're in, they could also be joined with Ringworm. Dayglow Abortions, Theories, and Phobia. Oh, those are two different, two different names? Oh, okay. Dayglow Abortions, Theories, and a band called Phobia. So depending on what day you're at, you would get to see one of those. I would go to, th- to this no matter what, but if it was the Ringworm opening show, I would be there in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, it actually sounds like a really good show. Uh, back on, like I thought you were going to say Theory of a Dead Man when you said Theory. I was like, that would be an odd mix. Theories. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. They're not listed on the little picture image, but no, I don't. Oh, know. I'm vast disappointed that uh, you know Theory of a Dead Man's not opening for Napalm Death. Isn't that sad? It is sad. Isn't I think the fans sad? should riot. They're going to play uh, in your neck of the woods at Amsterdam. Really. That's what it I'm, says. I'm in Amsterdam. I don't know. It says it <laughs> says Minnesota, and they're going to play at Amsterdam. I have no idea where that is. Well, th- but see, now that's perfect to go fi- figure it out, isn't it? It is. It, it's that's just weird. It's probably a weekday in February. Who knows? Who knows? All right, let's get to some CD reviews. How about that? Let's do it. All right, um, I'll go first this time because I think you went first last time. Sure, sure. All right, uh, this time I chose, and it's funny because we had planned this, and then we never got around to it, so we're finally getting to our October picks <laughs> in December, <laughs> but that's all right. Uh, Black Crown Initiate, which man, we, we just talked about going on tour, uh, they came out with The Wreckage of Stars. Uh, this is from E1, which is a very odd label. I don't know if you've ever seen the bands that are on this label, but it's everything. It's not just yeah. a metal label. No, I haven't. Really taking a look. I thought we had talked about it last time. Anyway, um... We may have. So, I don't know, like, how I would technically classify Black Crown Initiate. I, I, I definitely say death metal. It's definitely prog. Yeah? Yeah, I no. can, yeah, I can see that. a lot like prog to me. And there's, and I think there's some tech in it. Because, mm-hmm. because of the, the guitar, the, the guitars and whatnot. Um... I think it starts off with with the perfect track. I think the great mistake is is absolutely the perfect track that they just just to start off with and and get everything going, and then from there you get brutal for they're short songs like the fractured one and human line manifest. They're 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 short and their total just balls of the wall 
insane on your eardrums, but they're longer songs like The Great Mistake and Withering Waves. And it, those tracks are the ones that really show, I think, like what the band can do. Because not only do you have, you know, the, the death metal vocals and, and everything and just the intensity, but you also get to these slow breaks in the songs and then the guitarist sings. And it, it I don't know, there's just something about it that I, this CD just really, really stood out to me as being just absolutely amazing. And I, I loved every second of it. I can't tell you that there's a bad song on it because I just absolutely loved it. What was interesting about this album, and I kind of noticed it kind of going on, uh, well, kind of going into it is it was really kind of a divided, divisive ish um, album. Uh, I felt like you either loved it or you hated it. Hey, that'll be the next album we talk about. Yeah, I think it's actually for both. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't yeah, care I, for it too much? No, I didn't. And the problem is, is I have like really bad ADHD. So like progressive metal just just it does not do it for me. Okay. And I mean, it's not that it's it's actually a well orchestrated, it's well executed. Uh, musically speaking, they're they're really talented. It just wasn't for me. It just it, it kind of dragged for me, especially in the uh, the longer tracks when they were getting close to the seven eight minute mark. Mm-hmm. And you know that's that's how a lot of uh, a lot of, a lot of you know bands like Opeth, who to be fair, these guys are way better than Opeth. I, I find Opeth completely unlistenable. I've never been a fan of them. No, can't get into them. Purposely I, I, did not go to the to get tickets for the Inflames tour because Opeth was the co-headliner. Oh yeah, that's that, that would do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so I'm gonna personally give the Wreckage of Stars a nine and a half out of ten. Okay, sure. I'm gonna. I would probably give it a five. Okay, that's better I than mean, I figured you'd give it. Well, you know, I mean, it's. I don't want to be unfair to the band. I mean, I think the band did a great job with the album, but unfortunately, it's not a genre that I'm particularly fond of. Okay. So, all right. What What did you choose for us? I did uh, Exodus, Blood In or Blood Out. I believe. Yes, that is correct. Okay. <laughs> Like, we don't even know. It's been since October, people. I know, and I've listened to this album like 600 times. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, actually, I really... Here, the thing about Exodus is, I know we've covered this many of times on the show, is how uh, they kind of booted Rob Dukes out, who I thought was one of the, the best vocalists uh, that band has ever seen, and replaced him with uh, Steve Zetrosusa. And this is his third stint with the band. Um, kind of going into it, I was kind of curious how they would blend the two, uh, the, the Duke era with the, uh, with the Zetro era. And I thought it was done really well. Um, of course he's got a voice that you either love or hate. And for me, I, I've always been a big fan of Zetro. I, one of my favorite Exodus albums of, uh, um, of all time is a Temple of the Damned. And I thought that this album came out pretty much just swinging, just absolutely swinging. I thought it really landed on absolutely every note. Uh, Zetro, during an interview, he actually said that there was no no fillers, all killers. And for the first time in a long time, I actually have to agree that, uh, that I don't really think there was a weak spot on that album. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm racing. All right, here we go. 
Um, I want to know what the other singer sounded like. Let's start there. No, uh, okay. So the first track was uh, Black Thirteen, and yep. I loved I loved how it started. Fucking, it was just fantastic build, and and it, it got there. Oh, and here it comes, and then what the hell am I listening to? The music is the music on every single one of these tracks. I will go all killer. The singing though, oh, I can't I can't do his voice. It, really? It, oh no! It, it really, really got me. It was it, when when he would sing. It was like, oh, this hurts. This hurts my ears. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be. I like. I don't know. There, he he's he has a higher pitch. Um, yeah. I than I than I prefer. I suppose you could say he, he to me he sounded whiny. Like a yeah. I mean, I get that. I mean. It's, as I said, it's one of those voices where I think you're really going to be behind it or you're going to really want to get away from it. it. To me, like, I would, I, I'm like, I would say the same thing with, like, Motorhead because I love the music of Motorhead, but I, I'm not the biggest fan of, like, Lemmy's voice. Well, I like Lemmy's voice strictly because it's kind of what I would imagine somebody who's been drinking for, like, 80 years. To- <laughs> and... That's that's pretty fucking metal. Me, like if so. Keith Richards sang, it would just be, and he got up there and it was like, oh my god, you know, <laughs> he has this deep power metal voice. I I want Lenny to do like some ballads, just a straight up ballad album. <laughs> so I mean, no, I blood in and blood out. I I I will say this: it, music, like the music itself, I loved. I loved. Every single thing that they did, the guests that they had on yeah. the, on it were fantastic. Um, Salt the Wound had a fantastic uh, guitar solo. I really liked the the beat. I, I would say the BTK song was probably my favorite. I would agree with you. I think BTK was by far the standout on the album, and um, that's not because Chuck Billy is a my favorite vocalist and Testament's my favorite band, but I think that there. There was a lot of uh, technicality to this track that I thought worked really well. And uh, fun fact, actually, is uh, have you ever heard of the band The Dublin Death Patrol? No. Okay. Uh, imagine uh, a whole album of BTK. It's uh, Chuck Billy from Testament singing with Steve Zetro Sousa. Okay. Uh, for like a whole album. I think there's two of them now. So I mean that's if you kind of enjoyed the the contrast between the two voices, I would highly recommend that band. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's rate this one. What are you gonna give this? Sure. I've been kind of on the fence with this one. Um, I'm thinking about close to a nine to a nine point five. All right. So it's kind of in between. So maybe I'll go nine point two five. Just split it down the middle. I'm gonna follow your route, and I'm gonna go with a five on this album because okay. I enjoyed the music, but I did not enjoy the vocals. Sure. Sure, and I mean that's that's understandable. All right, well, uh, before we get out of here, what are you up to these days? How, what's going on with trepidation? Oh well, goddamn, there's a lot of things. Um, working on uh, Sioux Falls has kind of been my primary one, kind of trying to get into the a uh, little bit more of the serious storytelling and a little bit further from the satire. Okay, I've actually been uh, resurrecting old projects. Nice. Yeah, I'm actually. Uh, Going to be uh, bringing back Echoes of Dawn. Ooh. 
So yeah, that's been uh, that's been on pretty high on the priority list uh, for a 2015 release. So that's trying to get back into horror. Um, it, it, I've been getting the itch. Nice. Yeah, so that's kind of what I've been up to. There's probably a cream uh, for that. Yeah, there is. Um, adhere it right to the balls. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the money goes. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Stops the itch and the burning. Oh, Christ. <laughs> All right, where can we find you online, sir? Uh, actually, you can find me online at my Facebook at... Uh, Facebook backslash the Bible two comic. The two's the number though. Oh, it hasn't been taken down yet. No, actually, I haven't gotten banned on this one, which is kind of surprising. That's not it, an open challenge to anyone listening to get you banned either. Yeah, hopefully not. I've had to fight too many hours to keep Abe going. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was Eleven times. Eleven times. Oh, people are assholes. What can I say? They are. They are. <laughs> They are. All right, you got a song you want to play before we get out of here this month? You know, I was actually going to play Psycho Stick Beard because it's No Shave November. Well, technically it's December, sir. Well, in the point of recording this, it's November. Psycho Stick, what was it? Beard. Beard? All right, we will play Psycho Stick Beard. I love Psycho Stick. Oh, I do too. Uh, That's what I've been listening to. I say it all the time, and I will say it again. The CDs are good, but if you ever have a chance to see Psycho Stick live, you have to see Psycho Stick live. Now, they, they played with Mindless Self-Indulgence that one show, didn't they? Not what not the one I saw. They opened for Dog Fashion Disco when I saw them. Okay, yeah, they're a good band, too. Which was absolutely, like, the, a perfect thing. But they put on... Every, every, and the reason I say they put on a good show is because of what their songs are about. Yeah. And they're very animated, and they sell every song when they're on stage doing it. The videos ah. are good, too. But if you ever get a chance to see Psycho Stick Life, you need to. I want to. I really want to. Alright, sir. I will hopefully uh, talk to you next month, but if we don't... Oh, yeah. What do you want for Christmas? Uh, beer. Beer? Yeah. I think Santa can make that one happen. Yeah, well, you know, I don't leave him milk for, or anything. I leave him beer. <laughs> don't leave him beer if he's supposed to leave you beer. Well, you know, he can he can bring me better beer. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, we will talk to you later, sir. All right, see you then. Mustache? No. Sideburns? No. Goatee? Maybe. Beard? Beard! Too well with the ladies? Well, I've got the solution for you! Low self-esteem? Grow a beer! Afraid to follow your dreams? Grow a beer! Are you lonely and sad? Grow a beer! You wanna look at it glad? Grow a beer! Are you working out? Grow a beer! Did your car break down? Grow a beer! Ice caps melting? Grow a beer! Are you stuck in the middle of nowhere and you need to make an important phone call but the battery's dead? You can't find an outlet to plug in your charger? Grow a beer! the beard, manscape the beard, stroke the beard, love the beard, fear the beard, obey the beard, obey the beard, obey the beard, behold the beard, obey the beard, accept the beard, obey the beard, respect the beard, obey the beard.
weird. It's just so weird. Spotlight this month comes to us from Job for a Cowboy. This is the Celestial Antidote.
Jim and Adam of Spectres, and <laughs> the secret the secret here is they were like, damn, we gotta go to the bathroom, oh my god. <laughs> so, so we took a break, and we threw a bunch of crap in between. But now, uh, to learn more about Spectres, we go to uh, Spectres, what was Spectres, metal.bandcamp.com, yeah. And you can find them on Facebook at uh, SpectresCA. For California. Yeah, don't make the mistake I did and follow some hippie bands and and whatnot. But definitely, (laughs) I'll tell you what, definitely do this. I will personally buy someone random a present, and you guys will have to let me know this. And we'll double it. (laughs) If if we can get your Facebook page up to at least 500 likes. Cool. All right. All right. So yeah, we'll there is the like challenge. Style. But yeah. you guys will have to tell me. We'll randomly choose one person who, who liked it. Right now, you guys are at 246 when we're recording this. So okay. we're not, Yeah, we're not very popular. Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> challenge. What they, it's because they haven't heard you yet. I know. We, yeah, we suck we at spreading the word. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you come in, man. You're yeah, only you. busy. Jeez. In this modern world. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, well, we're going to switch gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about uh, horror and comics. And let, let's start with horror and get it out of the way. How about that? <laughs> all right, fair enough. All right. We're not big horror fans is what I'm understanding? Uh, I mean, the extent of me is pretty much like Evil Dead. Okay. Yeah, we're yeah. big Evil Dead fans. Yeah. I love old Halloween movies, even though you told us not to talk about Halloween. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's I mean... Uh, modern horror does not never click with me, man. Like some of the old ones are great, but I don't know. I get a kick at like I remember when uh, a few years ago Cabin Fever came out. Like that movie was was funny to me, you know. I guess it Mm -hmm. was trying to be, but like that whole part when like the um, the boyfriend's like going to like you know pushing his hand down and like trying to like get frisky with his girlfriend, and then he comes up and it's all like you know gore and bloody and gross. (laughs) That was pretty funny. I mean. But for the most part, if I'm honest, I'm I'm a, I'm a queasy guy, man. I, like okay. I just watched my kid get born, and I'm, like that was enough for me. Okay, well, you said you li- you like Evil Dead, so I'm assuming you like Evil Dead too, and you like you know the the campy fun horror, right? Mm-hmm. So have you seen Dead Alive? Dead Alive? No, I haven't. Early Peter Jackson stuff? No, I feel like I have, but I can't remember last week. It's about <laughs> <laughs> it's about a, a, a rat monkey. You might remember that. But anyway. Well, no, no, but uh, now I'm interested. <laughs> okay, I challenge you guys to watch early Peter Jackson films. Okay, pull it up over there. Yeah. Whether they We're going to be... watch it actually right now while we talk <laughs> to you. Well, whether it be Dead Alive, Meet the Feebles, or Bad Taste, I challenge you to watch any of those. Right. Bad Taste? Meet, meet, bad Taste is his first movie. Oh. I thought you said Bad Taste. No, ba- Bad Taste. That's a different movie. That is. That is. <laughs> That's a different kind of horror. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Meet That's the Feebles true. is the Muppets on Acid. Four wheels. So, oh, so that wow. one's that one's difficult for people to Meet get through. The Feebles. But, okay. Um, but yeah, I definitely I, I'd suggest that a lot. But no, that that's fine. I mean, not everybody does the horror thing. So let's talk about some comic books. Yeah. Do do we enjoy comic books? We we I mean I do I definitely do I went through a. a uh, I don't know. I don't want to call it a phase, but I certainly read a ton of comic books, especially when I was in college. Um, like I, so I had a friend who was really into it, and I think he made the mistake of telling me about what I think is the best comic I've ever read, uh, The Preacher. Which, okay, sure, yeah. Which is uh, which was mind blowing to me, and I just kind of went through that. 
like uh, you know super fast. It was just so so amazing, and uh, the um, then it kind of took me to you know uh, well Garth Ennis obviously I think. Uh, I don't know if he was the illustrator or the writer, but he took me back to uh, the Punisher that I guess he started redoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I got really into into the Punisher again when they when they kind of had the Renaissance. And then I, you know fo- I was kind of following those same uh, artists and storytellers, so I went through the Constantine series, which was also awesome. Um, and before I w- before the movie came out, I I was a big Watchman fan. I I love the movie, but um, okay, sure. You know, so kind of. I think if you were to a real comic book fan, would look at me and probably go, you know, eh, you're just reading all the top level shit. But um, hey, as long as you stay away from superhero crap, who cares? Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is so I've wandered into a couple comic book stores since I read all this stuff and been like, all right, man, here's what I've read. You know, like give me something that's better. And the you know the kind of stinky guy behind the counter is like, that's pretty much about as good as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> you started. You set the bar too high. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, uh, I mean, if you can hook me up with something awesome, then I'm happy to read it. You know, I would tell you to read Lock and Key. Hmm. Lock okay. and Key, I I thought was um, as good as Preacher. I'm not a big Watchman fan, but I thought Lock and Key was you know better than Preacher, but on those really? same lines. Yes. Awesome. Well, I've, I mean, I will definitely check. I'm looking it up right now. That sounds awesome. Yeah, not the not the locksmith in oh, Korea. Oh, lock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Different guy. As as an artist, Jim, how about you? You know, I, I'm embarrassingly underexposed to to comic books and and all that. So uh, it's not something that that has ever really resonated with me too much. But Adam gave me a preacher to read, and I enjoyed it. Um, and I, obviously, I admire the artwork, but yeah, it's not something I've I've dove too deep into. Sure, sure. Well, like, and, and it's tough because I mean, it, you notice that some people they get into it when they're kids and and they pick up the superhero stuff and that's what everyone enjoys. But then you, like like Adam, you find the adult stuff. You you find the stuff that has, yeah. actually has meaning to it and has real writing to it. And yeah. that that that's what's tough is because that blows your mind and then you go back like you said and you're like well what's that good and it's like well that's, well, that's that i mean <laughs> that's the thing is like as a kid i mean i never i never read comics as a kid i played video games basically and then you know like i said i'm a nerd so i i sat there and tried to make programs on my computer but when i was in college like my buddy hooked me up with this this uh, with preacher and i was just kind of blown away by that 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 world even existed this idea of adult comics that had you know insane uh, I mean, like Ars Face and like all those characters, like they're just so. Just, it's just, ah, it was totally different experience than than uh, I, ha- I had expected before. So. Sure, sure. Well, yeah. with uh, with all the talk of of you know things on TV, the Constantine show just started, you know, and, and yeah. all that. And Preacher has been in talks for a while. Would would you watch that if it were on TV? Uh, I, I mean, if it were, I well, I guess it would have to be. It would have to be a TV show because it's. I, I've thought about this a lot. You know, I've I've heard about it being kicked around as a movie and like kind of. Uh, no, it's too long. It's too long, and you, there's like no way you're ever going to cover all that stuff. So, um, you definitely, yeah, I think a TV show actually might be good, but could also ruin it. it like if it's on AMC, then maybe. Although they've been doing some semi-edgy shit, I guess, recently. But it's it would have to be 
I mean, to really capture like, like the part where, like, uh, the cop like eats his own dick, I think, or something <laughs> like that. I mean, like, what the hell? Like, you, you need you need to you you have to do that. You can't skip that part. That's you know? true. I would watch yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wouldn't watch a copy this yeah. <laughs> So, uh anyway, I mean and then uh I guess I will say I I definitely got into the like Batman Long Halloween. Okay, and, sure. uh sure. and oh, Dark Victory I think is the other one. Um, See, all this all this is this this is all horror stuff. Yeah, I know. That's why it's like I know it's horror stuff, but then I and when it gets to the movie part, I never <laughs> The problem is I can't sit through shit. You know, like I said, I, I read these these awesome comics, but there's so much uh, there's so much stuff you got to kind of like weed through to find the good horror movies. Right. That, right. You know. Well, it's it, it's funny, like you said, if if you like the campy stuff, and it, okay, well, did you guys see uh, Camping in the Woods, which was the spoof on everything? Yeah, that was fucking great, eh? Yeah, you saw Cabin in the Woods, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. that was magic. Yeah. That that was one that's recent. That to me, it's, see, I like that kind of stuff too. I, I like I'm a big fan of the '80s, the the '90s stuff where it it didn't take itself seriously and it was just freaking entertaining. For real, yeah. You know, and and that movie kind of captured it. Uh, Trick or Treat was along those lines. That movie was fantastic. If you saw that one. No, I don't think I did see Trick or Treating. Uh-uh. But now I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. You've inspired you inspired me to go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Adam's you... on paternity leave for like four weeks, eh? So, so he'll uh, have time to watch. Yeah, movies. exactly. If you have, if you have Hulu, mm-hmm. I dare you to watch Hobgoblins while it's on. Oh, I've actually seen that movie. Before. Oh, have you really? Yeah. <laughs> I got so excited when you said that. Yeah, that movie is real. That movie's awesome. That dance, that dance party scene, phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe no. it. Does it star Ronnie James Dio? <laughs> no. It would no. have been better if it did. It did. Yeah. He is a four foot hobgoblin. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Well, um, anything else you guys want to throw out there to, to let people know about you? Oh man, just we're just happy if people want to listen to our music and and hopefully they'll tell somebody about it. We're gonna be making more of it soon. We thank you for for your interest in it as well. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Oh, not not a problem at all. Like I said, when I hear something I like, I, I definitely love to get it on the show. I, I love to you know post about it on Facebook. Let let people know about it. Get you know spread the word. And yeah. it's it, it it's different. Like for you guys, you know, not. Being as well known as um, gravitation or something <laughs> yeah, like that, as you know, anyone. You, you, yeah. well, I wasn't trying to go there, but yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean that's that's the point. The the point is to, to spread spread the love and and get it out there. I know when I posted when I posted it on Facebook, someone had said um, they were at work and all they they just sat and listened to the entire thing right away. That rules. Yeah, that's and, amazing. And, and they just they fell in love with it. So I mean, like I said, it's it's one of those things. That, and you know, like you said, you can go and you can check it out for free. I highly suggest that if you go to Bandcamp and and download it, pay for it. I yeah, pay for true, it. Man. I think I or see don't. you guys like or twenty don't. bucks for it. I don't remember, but it was it was just one of those things. I mean, it, it it to me it completely stood out. So like I said, don't be surprised if at the end of the year you find yourself on a list I put together. Yeah, yeah that would be so so much, man. so crucial. Yeah. yeah, you know we're we're not. I mean, we've both played in bands before, and we're not really uh, like like we said actively 
trying to push this thing, but we know we got some good ideas and without trying to sound cocky about it, we know we got some, some things that people might want to listen to and um, we're happy with the songs we've made and, and we know that people will enjoy listening to it if they give it a chance. Yeah, man. And your help is, is greatly appreciated, obviously. Yeah. Not, not a problem. So to, uh, to check you guys out, go to spectresmetal.bandcamp. That's S-P-E-C-T-R-E-S. Metal. Mm-hmm. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash spectresca. Yeah, dude. Yep. All right, we're going to let uh, Jim pick the song this time. What do you okay, want? man. This, the, my favorite song right now is called Insidious by that band Revocation that we were talking about. And what song of yours do you want to throw to? Oh no no no! I'm I'm an I'm an asshole. It's called Invidious, isn't it? Oh, in, I don't know. Is it Invidious? It's Invidious or Insidious? Dan, sort that out. <laughs> I will I will take care of this. We'll fix that in post, right? I know. <laughs> no, no, there's there's no such thing on this show. I well, apologize I, about yeah, that. Yeah, no worries. Hang on, okay. I'll figure it out. Until um, so and then I guess <laughs> we can follow that out with a uh, let's do Ghost of Revolution. Yeah, man. Let's do the title, title track. track. Yeah. All right, we will do that, guys. Thank you so much for for taking the time to to do this. Adam, congratulations once again. Thanks, man. And hey, when you guys got new stuff ready, or you're ready to hit the hit the road and go on that tour where you yeah up first and then come back <laughs> here or, or whatever it is, I, I want to have you back on. I, I want to help promote everything that you do. Oh, Hell thanks, yeah, man. Dude. You'll be the first to know. And the song is called Invidious, and I'm a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll throw it to that. Guys, once again, thank you so much for doing this. All right, cheers, Dan. Thanks, thanks so man. much.
time to do another I Hate Everything You Love with Doug. Hey, Doug. Dan, how are you? I'm good for now. How are you? Merry Christmas, everybody. Yay, Doug's favorite a, time of the year. It's going to be a great Christmas this year. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is. Oh, you're going to just... They can't the... <laughs> all suck. They can't all suck. Oh. They can't. Well... I don't know. What do you want for Christmas this year, Doug? Oh, you know, peace on Earth. Is that really what you want? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I don't want to get maudlin. I'd like to go back in time <laughs> and fix a bunch of shit so uh, on Christmas, I wake up and have a couple of snot-nosed kids irritate me and the whole bit. That's what I'd like. There you go. That's what I'd like. So, good luck to me on that. <laughs> hey, um, real quick before we get into conversation time. Your book was just in previews, but people can still order it by the order number. Do you have that order number? No. I figured you would. It's your book. Uh, fail, fail, fail. Hold on, fail. hold on. I'm trying, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it. I've got it right here. All right. And as Nancy O is an Ovaltine, V is in Victor, 140958. We'll get you, you take that to your comic book store, and they'll tell you they can't order it because they're a-holes. <laughs> 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 and I've been trying for 15 years to get these cock-sucking comic book stores to, or, to make themselves money. How much did I make on the Kickstarter in like three weeks? Like 15 grand. These fat idiots still haven't figured it out. You know, the people want the book. No, I'm nuts. I send people to these comic book stores, you know, fans or whatever. I give them all the information. And then I get email after email. You know, I went there and he said he can't order it and blah, 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 blah. Why? Why? Here's how it works in comic book store ordering. They get a catalog like the size of the phone book of a small town. Always right? bigger than and that. Is it? I live I in a small know, town. I, I know. Trust me. Okay. Well, medium-sized town. See, don't muddle up my point, Dan. It's confusing <laughs> enough for everybody anyhow. They get a catalog. The catalog has everything in there from Spider-Man Thor, uh, my book, Arsenic Lullaby, has everything in there. So if they've got Spider-Man on the shelf and they say they can't order Arsenic Lullaby, tell them, hey, asshole, open the catalog. Look under Arsenic Lullaby Publishing. Do that. Order it. Now, you may ask yourselves, why are you even bothering, Doug, with the magic of the Internet? I can just order it off your website. Well, because I need the... I need large orders all at once. I don't have a storefront. <laughs> I don't got a lot of storage room over here. I can't... Uh, plus, the printer bill all comes at once. And everything I explained with Kickstarter. I need big orders all at once in order to survive and actually be able to move around in my apartment. I can't... I can't, <laughs> I can't have a pallet of comic books sitting here while you guys go, oh, oh yeah, I guess I'll order that on Twitter. Well, maybe they're going to... No, you guys you need to order it all at once in order for me to stay in business and say, please. There you go. It, it, the book is is good. 
Uh, you're not going to be disappointed, I guarantee you that. All right. All right, well, that, we got that out of the way, blah, blah, blah. You... There's a story with a vampire in Ethiopia that I fought with for like six weeks. So I, every story in here, but they got my full effort. How much is that? Vampire in Ethiopia. That's all you need to know. Now order the book. Perfect sales pitch. Perfect. All right, well, you just did, uh, you just did a show in your hometown of Milwaukee. How'd that go? Uh, well, by now I've done two shows. Hopefully, one of them was good. <laughs> <laughs> because this last one, you know, I'm in a weird position now. Like before, you know, earlier in my career when I had to pay for a table, I had no problem going. You guys are a bunch of morons, you know. But when you're a guest, you know, are you like, is it like the Charlie Brown Christmas where I'm complaining that there's jelly beans and I was, you know, I, you know, what I mean, right. Right. Look, I'm going to show you the popcorn blockhead. Well, you invited yourself. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't pay for a table. Well, you know what? At some point, the ethics, that show was a disaster. Fantasticon was a mess. Absolute yeah, mess. I don't know how, in 2014, you can manage to F up a comic book convention, but they did. But. Milwaukee is not a small town. Everybody thinks it is. It's not. It's not a small town. And it's an hour and a half away from Chicago, which everybody knows is not a small town. It's about an hour away from Madison, which is also not a small town. Not that far from St. Paul. You put on a good show here, you're talking about 30 million people. The, the, the spread, you know, people willing to travel four hours to a really good comic book convention. Sure. You know, that's, that's about, you know, four or five hours. That's not... Uh, you know, that's about average. If you put on, you know, a big, decent-sized show like C2E2, that's four or five hours people drive that. You're talking about an area that covers 30 million people. <laughs> and, yet and in Milwaukee itself, again, I think there's eight comic book stores here. This town can support eight comic book stores. It's got like four colleges. It's just in Milwaukee itself, plus the suburbs. How do you how, how can you not get people to a show? So so what do you what do you think in like maybe two thousand for the weekend? Oh, uh, I'm not really that good a judge. I maybe two thousand. I don't know. You're you're asking the wrong guy. Okay. Here's what here's what I do know. Uh, there weren't very many people there. <laughs> as far as like paid attendance, there wasn't that many people. Although I can't really be the judge for another reason. It was in two different buildings. Oh, God. Two different buildings. <laughs> so they put the washed-up TV stars and wrestlers in one building, and then they put the comic book people in the other building, right? Yeah. That, make, that makes a lot of sense. If you wanted to get your ticket, you had to start at the building that had the washed-up movie stars to get your badge to get into, <laughs> to get into either show. So people were coming to the show with the building with the comic book people and get sent over to the other building to go get their badge to come back to this building. Okay. No one knew what was going on. And then at some point, uh, one of the wrestlers came into our building because there was nobody in the other building. <laughs> no one knew what was going on. <laughs> so, so I really couldn't tell you how many people were there. Maybe there was a big riot in the other building. People just turned <laughs> chairs over to get autographs from uh, the guy from Starsky and Hutch. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I kind of doubt it. Aww. And, and, and then, 
like little things, like, you know, put up a sign. Little stuff like DanCon does. <laughs> the little things. Put, put a sign out on the road. Hey, comic book convention here. You know, maybe you get some traffic. Probably not, but somebody who's not from that area sees a sign. Okay, good, finally, here I am. You know, you're driving, you're looking around. You don't know what street name from another street name, and you're paying attention to something. You see a sign with some balloons on it says comic books. Okay, great, here I am. I sell horse signs for estate sales on my way there. <laughs> there's, there's people out there selling dead guys in China that have more sense than this comic book convention did. Then they have they have the big sign at the hotel, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, the big marquee sign. I, I don't know if these people are from out of town or, or who started it, or I don't know a lot about them. I thought they were local. It seems like, you know, one of the guys involved was local. On the side facing Milwaukee, which were uh, in Madison, where, you know, 90% of the traffic would be coming from, the sign said, sign up to win a Packers jersey. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the side facing a handful of suburbs, that no one gives a rat's ass about it, said, welcome to Fantasticon. Uh... So, <laughs> <laughs> did you get the Packers jersey? What's that? Did you sign up for the Packers jersey? No. Oh. I don't want a Packers jersey. Oh. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't want to go to the other building. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they're, you know, it was like they were giving away free beer or something. I'm sure there were so many people packed into that building. That's why there was hardly anybody in. Yeah. Like, like, oh, well. I was, tempted, I was tempted to just go back to bed, really. Because I only live 10 minutes away. I'm <laughs> wasting my time for it. You go back to bed, I'm going to watch some football go to sleep. <laughs> Sitting around here for uh. So, fantastic. You guys need to get your act together, man. I don't know what you're doing, but it's not working. Oh, that's and, sad. By the way, I live in Milwaukee. There's about uh, two dozen buildings in that area that would have been better than... Uh, having it in two different sections of a hotel. And I, and I mean two actual different buildings of the hotel, not like on one floor and the other floor. I mean, I mean two, different, two different buildings of the same hotel across the parking lot. Stupid. <laughs> and put, and put some effing signs out. And, I, and you know what? When I'm on Facebook, I want to see you advertising your comic book convention more than I am. I got, I got six things going on here at once. I'm still, I'm still plugging it more than you. What the uh, f? <laughs> oh, that's funny. So I, this other show is downtown in the Midwest Express Center. So I've got higher hopes that they know what they're doing. Well, hopefully. Time hopefully. will tell. Time will tell. Maybe the thing to walk well, away. Maybe the thing to take away from it is Milwaukee just isn't ready for a show. It is ready for a show. It's asinine that there's not a show here. Did I tell you there's eight different comic book stores? <laughs> and none of them want to put on a show. Uh, well, that's the, that's the other thing. You know, emailing back and forth with this guy said, you know, the shows that succeed, uh, just a little advice here, because it seems to be your first year, and I, I don't see you plugging anything. <laughs> uh, they work with the comic book uh, local stores. Oh, yeah, we're doing that, blah, 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 blah. Right. <laughs> so, so the day of the show, I go on the local comic book show's website. No mention of it. 
go on their Facebook page. No mention of it. Really, you're working with the stores, huh? I'm scrolling down. Oh, maybe they mentioned it uh, Wednesday. Uh, maybe Tuesday. Maybe last week. Uh, 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 nope. What the hell? Well, don't worry, because Wizard is coming to Madison. Well, I, I will not be there. I know you won't. <laughs> I will not be there. There's one more reason to not go to Madison. <laughs> oh, anything else worth the yapping about? What? Anything else exciting happening that you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. What's that? It seems like there's something else. Riot. There was a riot or something. Oh, no, there are, well, there are six people milling around downstairs. I live above a bowling alley and below another bowling alley. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Milwaukee's, favorite, weird. Milwaukee's weird like that. <laughs> one of my favorite lines from The Simpsons, if you guys can play them. Anyhow, no, I live above a print shop, you know, so, like, I'm, I'm living in an industrial or, like, a storefront-type building. Next to the next to the print shop is a black magic occult store. I'm That's intrigued. Right. I'm intrigued. <laughs> and it's a, it just says magic shop. Here's the morons who run this city, right? <laughs> they see magic shop on the the thing. The guy filling out for you know whatever ordinance and permits the guy needs, right? Oh, magic shop! Won't that, won't that be nice? <laughs> they think it's a magic shop like magic shop like he's gonna sell like, card tricks and like <laughs> you know the fake thing where it looks like you chopped your finger off and maybe an arrow through the head no he's selling like wicked stuff to overweight white redheads <laughs> which every wicked I've ever met was an overweight white redhead every single one I think that's it that's all there is that wicked must stand for overweight like redhead somehow, some language. Oh my god. Uh, anyhow, so like, no, it's like occult stuff. And then by the time by the time they he's setting up shop with all sorts of skulls and potions and shit, probably selling all sorts of heroin, who the hell knows? <laughs> by the time he's setting up, it's too late for the city to do anything. Not that I really care one way or another, but I'm amused that they thought they were gonna go there and there's gonna be a guy in the top hat and a tuxedo pulling Fucking rabbit <laughs> Welcome <And it's>, to <laughs> the shop. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's some fucking degenerate who looks like he just got fired from a carnival, you know, because he didn't put the Tilton world together right. There's <laughs> all sorts of boxes of sh- shit. And don't get your hopes up if you come down to go to the Black Magic Occult Shop because he doesn't even have any cool stuff. He just has like all sorts of shit you get at a flea market, you know, like porcelain dragons and. <laughs> Oh, shit to impress middle-aged white broads who uh, are going through some sort of crisis. Candles, less realize, candles. Yeah, re- realize that they married a complete moron, and now they're searching for the mysteries of the universe <laughs> somehow. Well, I failed at life, but maybe I can figure out how the universe works through talking to Mother Earth. <laughs> Let me light this candle. <laughs> you can't even get your kid to read. Let me rub these stones together. Yes, I'm going to rub these... T- I'm in tune with nature. Really? How come your life's a fucking mess? <laughs> how, come you, how come your daughter's hooked on heroin and on a third abortion? How come you're doing to the universe? Give me uh, a fucking break. Anyhow, uh, so that's downstairs. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I go to the gas station at like 3 in the morning for some coffee, come back, 
no, no, no. It was like 1 or 2 a.m. It was daylight savings time. Okay. Like, whenever it flipped over. There's like six or seven people mulling around praying and chanting. Okay. It's like 2 in the morning. The shop's closed because of, you know. Although it seems like an occult store would be open late, it's not. You know, he's in bed by like 10. He you know, watches Jay Leno and goes to sleep. Or <laughs> I don't know why. Reruns re- of. Yeah. Uh... Like, I'm like, I'm looking at these people. <laughs> I can't get into my house without walking past them. It's my apartment. Like, and they just all like there was an old lady, and then some middle-aged guy, and then some like teenager, and then some fat girl, and then a tall college kid. Like, what are you people even doing together? <laughs> you know, you're all shapes, sizes, and colors. This only happens on a beer commercial, or, you know. Yeah. This only happens when there's a director who wants everything politically correct. What are you people even doing together? And said, what's, uh, what's happening, guy? <laughs> well, this guy here, he's headed for a bad place, and we're, you know, like, I don't know. My eyes started to glaze over. Uh, he's selling fucking dream catchers that are spray-painted black. <laughs> you know? He made a bunch of... Bunch of scary incense burners that look like skulls. Like, what are you worried about? I, mean, I don't. I don't think the gateway to hell is going to come through this asshole's secondhand shop. Oh my god, that's funny. So I go. Yeah, I'm like, whatever. Good luck to you. Go upstairs. I'm sitting there, and I'm realizing that that place has been there for seven years. <laughs> what? What? Where are, you, where are you assholes? Like, what? At 1 a.m. in the morning on a, on a Saturday night, you all decided to get together and... Pro- what the fuck's going on downstairs? Then I go back downstairs. We <laughs> <laughs> go, uh... uh Pardon me here, friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because... Uh, what are you doing this now for? Well, because he's going to a bad place. He's, he's dealing with forces he can't understand. You know what? The, you're dealing with forces you can't understand every time you try to start your car. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Man, zip up your pants. Forces he can't understand. He can understand. He goes to he goes to the thrift, does the flea market. He buys a bunch of dream catchers. He's pretty pants and black. He buys a bunch of incense burners, and then he goes to another place and buys a bunch of chrome skulls, puts them together, and then sells them. Simple procedure. You're right. <laughs> he understands exactly what he's doing. He's uh, making just enough to, to get by. And it probably has, you know, God knows what selling on the side. Oh, my God. So I, I said, yeah, yeah, I get, I get all that. Uh, he's evil. Very scary. <laughs> Satan's going to come. Uh, I get that, but, buddy. <laughs> what are you doing this for now? As in Saturday, November 1st, or whatever the date is. And this guy's been here for seven years. Why not? Why specifically now? How did you seven idiots? I didn't say idiots. I might have said idiots. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> was, now that I think about it, I might have said idiots. It was late. I didn't have my governor on. You know. Right. What, right. What you? What you? Fuck! I think I did call them idiots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, what are you doing here now? Why not? Like of all this. You had all seven years of the opportunities, is my point. Just now is the breaking point? Why now? Well, uh, he didn't really have an answer. <laughs> he didn't know. 
well, it's just the spirit guided us. They're all part of some non-denominational church. Give me a business card. <laughs> we, you know, we were out proselytizing and proselytizing. Do I not understand what a non-denominational church is? What are you proselytizing? <laughs> what are you converting oh, people to? It's non-denominational. And what are you busting this guy's balls for if you're non-denominational? <laughs> you believe in the spirit of Mother Earth or whatever, doesn't that falling under the blanket of whatever bullshit you want to hear, let's accept everything because everybody's right. <laughs> they didn't really have any answers for me. I think it made them all very sad. And then they went upstairs and so went back to work. Oh. But, like, whatever, people. Just leave each other the fuck alone. You're all wrong. Anyhow. Well, that's a good way to end it. Yeah, all of you are that's wrong. That's a good way to end it. Where can we no, fo- nobody, nobody knows where any of this came from. Uh, <laughs> and if there is a religion that's right, it's been you know interpreted sixteen times. I believe what I believe. Uh, you believe whatever the hell you want. You're wrong. I'm right. Get the fuck out of the street. It's three a.m. <laughs> All right. Where can we find you online, Doug? Uh, ArsenicLullabies.com. And if you go there, actually through the month of December, we've got. The Christmas bunker. So if you get the holiday blues, i.e., spend a month wanting to blow your brains out, go down there and hang out with some white minded people and enjoy some laughs. There you go. There you go. And don't forget, you can still go to your comic shop and get uh, Arsenic Lullaby, the Devil's Only Friend, with the item code NOV, that's November 140985. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot of faith in anybody who wrote that down. Go to, <laughs> to com. The information will still be up because I don't update that thing enough. As always, Doug, we uh, love having you here, and we will talk to you next month. We'll see you next time. Our next Century Media Spotlight this month comes to us from Zokes with a new album coming out in 2015. This is Lonely Souls. <laughs>
Apex Prosthetic Records Spotlight this month comes to us from Wayfarer. This is A Place Among Stars.
Our next Metal Blade Spotlight this month comes to us from Cancer Bats. This is Arsenic in the Year of the Snake. Monsters Metal, or is that one of our band words? Uh, I don't care. You can say that. Okay. Band words are Country Music, Avenged uh, Sevenfold. U2, Avenged Sevenfold. And apparently Mike Patton. I got a funny Avenged Sevenfold for it. story for you. Real quick. Real quick. All right, all right. We just went down to St. Louis and back for uh, an early Thanksgiving, for the most part. And on the way back, flipping through the radio stations, trying to find something because we don't have the satellite radio anymore. Um, song comes on. And I'm like, oh man, that sounds like Megadeth. So I'll listen to it. I, I don't hate Megadeth. I don't love Megadeth, but I'm I'm gonna listen to it if it's on because it's better than flipping stations. Still, it was Event Sevenfold. But I could have sworn because of the drums and the guitars <laughs> that it was Megadeth. So you willingly? You know, as soon as his voice comes, boom, scan radio. Uh, but you willingly listened to some events. But that, that's my point. And then there was another time earlier in the year where we were driving around and one of their songs came on and Amy was like, I don't think I've ever heard this Metallica song before. 
<laughs> Two occasions where we thought Avenged Sevenfold was someone else. I think that speaks poorly to Avenged Sevenfold. But that's me. Anyway, alright, it is time to do our monthly recap. And that is always sponsored by the Ghastly Awards. If you don't know what the Ghastly Awards are, well, I don't know why the hell you're listening to this show. Now, the Ghastly Awards are a horror comic award that is industry-based, basically throughout the year, which has now... You're in your last month to, to submit. Go to GhastlyAwards.com, submit your horror comics that came out in 2014, and the judges will read them. They will decide who the nominees are. And then it becomes an open vote for comic creators like yourselves who submit. Yay! We've added new categories. We've added a a best short story in an anthology. Because sometimes the whole anthology itself isn't the greatest thing. I'm glad you did that. But there's also sometimes a story that can really stand out inside an anthology. Absolutely. We we also, uh, we removed best new series as a category because you never know what's ongoing and what's not. And then you look like an ass of an award for something that ended up getting canceled and didn't make it past 12 because we have a 12 issue limit because 12 becomes a maxi series compared to a mini series. Um, and then we are also going to highlight and, and showcase, um, those who do cover art compared to interior art. Some, because not everyone does interior art. So, uh, the new fan category is cover of the year. So we added that. That's good. I'm good with that. I'm good uh, with that. So basically how it'll work is the judges will choose uh, the best seven covers, and then fans will vote on which of those covers. And anything that's submitted is, is considered. So that's how that works. So get on it. So get on it. So yeah, once again, you have uh, one month. You have until... December 31st to basically submit your horror comics for consideration. So if you're a or cover, there, well, cover the whole thing has to be submitted. Well, I'm just reminding. Don't, don't you. just send me a picture you drew. <laughs> and be like, but it says toxic mutant number one. You know, I don't care. I'm a dick. Anyway, uh, this is also the time where we suggest some books that recently came out for you to check out. And I've got two, so I'll go with one, then I'll throw it to Dirk, and I'll come back. Um, the new Colder series started. Oh, yes. And Juan, Juan Ferreira. Oh. Man, that man can draw. Oh, my gosh. He draws some of the creepiest freaking things. Yeah. And milking people. Milking people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not let's not overshadow Paul Tobin writing on this series either. Mm-mm. Not at all. But, not at all. Oh, but yeah. Can... Yeah. It's another oh. year where I th- I think when my my list of just in my my personal decapitated Dan comic best of list comes out, I think he's gonna repeat for artist of the year. That and kiss me Satan. Oh man, he just he just nailed it this year. One, you know, actually started on one of my all-time favorite comic series. It was aborted way too soon, and that was Small Gods from uh, Shadowline back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, so I, I, I've been fortunate enough to, be able to talk to him over the years here and there, and love his art. And oh my God, Colder Bad Seed is the book just... itself. Like you said, Tobin's writing and everything. It's, <sighs> that is that is one of those where a lot of books 
tiptoe and say they're horror because there's a monster or something involved, but that is truly a horror comic. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. What do you got? What do you recommend? Then? Speaking of absolutely fantastic artists, my gosh, everybody who listens to this should be buying Rasputin by Alex Grecian and illustrated by friend of the show, Riley Rosmo. Agreed. So good. Riley's an amazing artist. Um, you know, I was very fortunate that he invited me to work with him for the Dia de la Mortis anthology, um, which I was honored to do. He did the cover to Tales of Mystery, Procreation of the Wicked, which I was just uh, was over the moon to have to get to have him do that. I love the guy. He's a great artist. He's done proof. He's done so many things. And everything he's illustrated has been fantastic. Rasputin is hands down the best artwork he has ever done. Ooh, better than Green Lake? Yes. Hmm. No, I didn't have to think about it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, no, and Green Lake's a great no, book. No, I know. I know. You know, and, and I mean, the story that I did with him in Diaz de la Mortis, I thought he really did a fantastic job. And the whole Diaz de la Mortis anthology did a great job. He illustrated every story in a different style. But Rasputin? My, I'm bowing to you, Riley. I'm bowing. I mean, so, so good. Now, for people out there who are going, okay, is it is it totally history based? What what's the book? In terms it's of story? about Rasputin, um, and it's kind of uh, speculative history, okay. I guess. Okay. Um, it's it it's not based. It's not. It's not a strict uh, biography by any stretch of the imagination. Um, there's a certain fantasy element to it, um, but I don't want to say too much about giving a lot away. Right, right. No, that's fine. The second that's issue's fine. out now. Um, it's not a strict, straight biography, um, but it is, a, and it just great writing, phenomenal art by Riley. Uh, just, just go, uh, pick up the first two issues and, uh, I, I don't think that anybody will be disappointed. Very cool. Very cool. All right. The other one that I will suggest is, man, now I want to suggest another after this one. Okay. Um, let's do this one first. Uh, Dark Gods number one from Avatar. Uh, Justin Jordan. Justin Jordan. Exactly. And. I, I, I butcher the artist's last name, and I do that a lot with Avatar because they, they go overseas for people. But Jermaine or German Armusp. Armusp. I apologize. Either or. But uh, Dark Gods basically, and I, I'm not 100% sure. I'd, I would need someone like yourself who's more of a, uh, knows more Lovecraft than I do to know if Dark Gods is based off of uh, Lovecraftian gods or if it's it's lovecraftian but it's not strictly lovecraft yeah so uh, once again um i thought the first issue was great issue two should be out now or next week i'm thinking um and once again i'll I'll throw another nod to justin jordan because i think everybody needs to be reading the spread hmm another justin jordan um are you reading that I have read some spread. I'm not okay. caught up on it. Okay. Anyone who's a fan of John Carpenter's thing needs to read spread. 
because oh man, I I don't know those the they're, they're I think they kind of go hand in hand, but that might just be me. But those are two books that 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 I'm enjoying. Um, yeah. So all right, well that's gonna do it for for this one show. I just want real quick remind you that if you work on a horror comic, and even if it's not 2014, if you got something coming out in 2015, go to ghastlyawards.com for all the information on how to submit and all the other fun stuff and involved with it. And don't forget in, um, and we'll say this again and again in February is when voting is open. So you can get reminded of that over and over again sooner or later. Um, so yeah. All right. Deep breath. (laughs) Time for the thank you. (sighs) All right. As always, we thank century media records, metal blade records, prosthetic records. We thank Dave, Elliot from Atomic Press, Doug Pastgavich from Arsenic Lullaby, Zm Thomas from Trepidation Comics, Randall Scott from The Strange Kids Club, Tales from the Water Cooler, MassiveFantastic.com, The Ghastly Awards, Comic Related, Comic Attack, The Underground Video Network, TuneIn Radio, iTunes. We thank our guests from Spectre. Um, if you listen to the November episode, I played him again because it was a great interview. And just in case you didn't listen to it because Dirk wasn't on that show and you're like, who's listening to this Dirk some? Well, now you heard it again. There you have it. So take that. Take that. And last but not least, I thank you, Dirk. I thank you, Dan. And we will get out of here uh, with my music pick this month. And don't forget, uh, MassiveFantastic.com presents... Uh, the radio drama is coming up after that. But I'm going to choose some Bloodshot Dawn this time. Ooh. This album uh, I'm absolutely, absolutely in love with. Um, maybe we'll hear about it next month. Maybe we'll hear about it next month. Who knows? But uh, I figured I'd go on the long side of things, and I would give you guys some Unified. So this is Bloodshot Dawn with Unified. And... And wait... Before oh, you say it, yes. should we tell people what ne- remind people what next month is? Yes, uh, just a reminder, next month, uh, I give every uh, host, segment host, the option of not being here because it's December and, you know, we're, we're always busy when, in come December for obvious reasons, whether they be Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, it doesn't really matter. Whatever you celebrate, that's your thing, and we are proud of what you do for yourself. But, um, so they, they, they might have a segment they might not have a segment but dirk and i will be doing top 10 uh countdowns for the year we'll be recap of the year yes recap we're talking about some of the best stuff that you should have checked out this past year or should go check out with your newfound christmas money that's right Ooh, christmas or money. kwanzaa money i or, forgot or, about holiday money holiday money Ooh, i love me some holiday money and <laughs> So with that, let's get to some Bloodshot Dawn, and we remind you to keep them horns up. And support good horror.
Well, before we get out of here this month, we have to do our horror radio drama, as always. And this month, MassiveFantastic.com is bringing us another one from Escape. This time, we're going to listen to Taboo. Picture this. You are alone in the dark forest. See, that makes no sense. You're alone in a dark forest. That makes a little more sense. And behind you somewhere is a werewolf waiting to drink your blood. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And we're going to follow that up with uh, about a little Christmas song for everybody. Some Armad Armad Viking Christmas. Hey, we always love having you guys listen to the show. We love having everybody be a part of the show. And... Uh, We will be back in 2015 with our countdown of 2014 and hopefully some other segments that, that we throw in along the way. You guys have safe, happy holidays, and until then, keep them horns up, and as always, you support that good, good horror. You are alone in the dark forest. And behind you somewhere is the werewolf waiting to drink your blood. And you desperately desire the impossible. To escape. Escape. Produced and directed by William N. Robeson. And carefully plotted to free you from the four walls of today. For a half hour of high adventure. Tonight we escape to the backward world of Eastern Europe, where ancient superstitions still live in the minds of men. Tonight we escape with Jeffrey Household's grim story, Taboo. Among semi-civilized peoples, there has always been widespread belief in werewolves, those fantastic creatures supposedly able to turn from man or woman into wolf and back again at will. This belief is still widespread among the simple folk of eastern Hungary, in the district around Zweibergen, high in the gloomy Carpathian Mountains, and I must admit not without some reason. Before the late war, I often spent my vacations in that area, drawn to the dark loneliness by the pool of my Slavic blood. It was the same with her, perhaps, and our kindred ancestry no doubt drew us together. Her name was Kira Vaughan, and she was there with her husband, a pleasant young Englishman. They were obviously much in love, and I felt almost like an intruder when I found myself the only other vacationer in the village... However, they made me welcome and invited me to dinner. It was an excellent dinner. Won't you have some more strawberries, Mr. Shirabia? Huh? <laughs> Thank you, no, Mrs. Vaughan. I, I've eaten far too much already. I cannot say when I've had so excellent a dinner. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm sure I shall get nothing like it at the inn. I should hate to have to stay at the inn. You see, Shirabia, my wife is one of those delightful creatures who cannot stand to be shut in. She must run free, preferably in the woods, with her hair streaming in the wind. She's quite unusual. Indeed she is, my dear Vaughan. And you may count yourself most fortunate. Oh, I do, I do. Where else should I find so good a cook? Oh, very <laughs> true. I've never tasted um... venison quite like that tonight. Delightful. Thank you. Another of her little victories. She delights in outdoing the ordinary housewife. 
She disdains the village shop and gets her meat right off the hoof. Oh? You do your own hunting? Oh, dear, no. Not that. She's much too kind-hearted and loving a person for that. She's found a new source. The district game warden brings fresh venison to our door. Oh, it's not he, but his son. True, the game warden's slightly moronic son, who is, I'm sure, in love with her. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, not so. It's quite understandable. I'm beginning to fall in love with her myself. (laughs) You see, my dear. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Seriously, though, I can understand this wild desire to be free. This wish to, as you put it, run in the woods with the wind in your hair. It is some legacy of our Slavic blood, no doubt. Yours and mine and the game warden's moronic son. Somehow we feel at home in these dark forests. Oh, you too. Yes. And I don't. I confess it, I don't. There's something here that frightens me. Something strange and inhuman and taboo. Darling. I'll confess something, Kiraviev. I don't like Kira to go out into these forests alone. Maybe I'm afraid that someday this emotional impulse of hers will get the better of her and she'll just disappear. Like those two men last week. Oh? What was that? Have I missed some exciting happening? No, not really. Though you'd think so to hear the villagers talk. A fellow coming home through the woods after dark just disappeared. Probably got fed up with life here in the village and lit out for Budapest. And, uh, what about the other one? Oh, yes. Well, a search party went out the next day to look for the fellow. When they got back, they found one of their party was missing. (laughs) Evidently, he'd taken the opportunity to skip out, too. Is that what you really think? Well, why not, my dear? If those men had been done away with, it might have been by something supernatural. And there's no such thing. But might it not have been some wild animal? Oh, the bears around here are harmless and the wolves are not in pack. At any rate, there would have been some sign, some blood, track, something. There was nothing. They simply disappeared, vanished, skipped out. Richard, how can you be so careless? You see the paradox? My wife, who loves the woods, believes the fantastic tales of the villagers. I, who confess to finding the woods strange and frightening, do not believe them. Perhaps it is because you are frightened that you are afraid to believe them. Uh, what do the villagers say? Well, you know this district well enough, sir. Talking of werewolves and such tommy rot. Oh, it's utterly fantastic. Yes, to you, an Englishman, it would be. And it isn't to you? Fantastic, yes, I suppose. But perhaps Mrs. Vaughan and I, who feel at home in this forest, can understand and believe such fantasy a little more easily than you. Yes. I remember many times as a child, I dreamt of being an animal. I thought then that I would love it. The freedom of the forest. Exactly. Primitive instinct is so deep within us all. A heritage of some dim, distant past. In us Slavs, it lies closer to the surface. Takes very little to bring it to light. Yes, that is true. Well, you've placed my wife in a new life, Shuravyev. You'll have me suspecting her of changing into a wolf and running out to the forest to murder people. (laughs) Oh, please, Bourne. You take me too literally. And besides, it is a shame to spoil so delightful a dinner with so gloomy a conversation. Right. Shall we go into the living room? There's a cheerful fire in there. Oh, yes? Uh, what is it, Frida? Beg your pardon, sir. But a message just came from the village. Oh? What is it? They want you and Mr. Sheraviev to come down there now. They're organizing another search party. What? Yes. There's another man missing. <gasps> Kira! <gasps> Catch her, Sheraviev. She's fainted. <laughs> It was only then I realized that these people were under a terrible tension. I was to learn very quickly that the whole village shared it. Every able-bodied man in the district was at the inn when we arrived. 
The magistrate explained the situation. Mr. Grosser, he went into the forest late this afternoon hoping to bag a blackcock for his supper. A little after dusk, a solitary shot was heard. That was three hours ago, and he has not returned. But only three hours? Isn't there a chance that he might still return? A chance, perhaps, but the other two did not. It will do no harm to search for him. We may still be in time to save his life. We searched most of the night, and then next morning, Vaughn and I went out again. We climbed to my favorite spot for hunting black cock, then followed the trail down to the village, the trail the missing grocer would have taken. I was beginning to be a little exasperated at Vaughn. He seemed to be so casual and uninterested, as if he were convinced that this one too had merely skipped out. But I underestimated him. He was a skilled tracker, and suddenly he did show some interest. Wait a minute. Someone has turned aside from the path here. Hmm? He was in a hurry. I wonder why. Hmm. I think you are right. There are some broken branches. Why? Why here? It's hardly likely anyone would go plunging into that thicket unless he had a reason. Uh, wait, wait. See that big white rock behind the thicket? When you're being followed, it's comforting to have a clear space around you. You'd feel safe up on top of that rock with a gun in your hands if you got there in time. You may be right. Let's go up. Righto. We forced our way through the underbrush to the rock. It was 30 feet high on the downslope side, and a hot spring at the foot of it bubbled out of the cavity scarcely two feet wide. We made our way up to the slope, around it, and came out on top. There was nothing there except for some ivy in the cracks and one small stunted tree. Aha! Look! Look at that! Hmm? Where? The tree! The entire base has been shattered by a charge at close quarters. Perhaps that was the shot that was heard. Oh, you're right. It must be. They say... They say there is always a tree between you and it. What do you mean, it? The werewolf. <laughs> well, this must have been a baby one, then. That mark is only six inches off the ground. No. I think the man's gun went off as he fell. Perhaps he was followed too close as he scrambled up. About, uh, about here would be where his body would have fallen. Do you see anything? I don't. No blood stain. Yeah, well, wait, wait. Look, look here. Hmm? Oh, but it's just a tiny spot. Well, it's enough. It's blood, all right. And something more. A tiny bit of tissue. Let me see. Yes. Brain tissue. It must have come from a deep wound in the skull, made by something like an arrow or a bird's beak. Or maybe even a sharp tooth. Mm-hmm. But where's the body? There is absolutely no other sign. No evidence of its being dragged off anywhere. No, I can't see any either. It's very strange. But at least we know one thing, Vaughn. This man did not just skip out. This man was dead or dying. When we brought our information back, the excitement of the village mounted. The peasants crossed themselves, and at the inn, the old tales were being told. That's old Weiss, the game warden, talking now. And Josef Weiss, his son beside him. The moronic son? Yes. The old man is a character, too. Listen. The biggest one my grandfather had seen, and it followed him in the forest. Time after time, he met it at twilight outside his cabin. And time after time, he fired at it point blank 
but he couldn't hurt it. Then he powdered a silver panger and loaded his gun with it. One shot and the wolf disappeared. But next day, they found Heinrich the cobbler dying in his house with a beaten silver coin in his belly. Oh, Fools! You believe such stupid talk? Joseph! My grandfather used to tell the same story. Only when he told it, it happened to his grandfather. Anyone can see it didn't happen at all. Such things can't happen. Joseph, you call your father a liar? I do. Well, far from being a moron, Joseph seems to have more sense than the others. Mm, perhaps. Uh, Joseph, uh, you're not afraid of this werewolf then, eh? I? No. Why not? The whole village is frightened. I'm used to walking alone in the woods at night. You've got to be a part of the forest, then you'll not be afraid of it. You do believe in werewolves, then, eh? I don't say a man can turn into a wolf, no. But I can understand why he'd want to. Hmm. Your theory again, Sharabiev. Yes. I... I think I understand that too, Josef. But... What does it feel like? It... It feels as if the woods had got under your skin... And you want to walk wild and crouch at the knees. Yes. I think he's perfectly right. And uh, you, uh, you explain it by some primitive urge? Possibly. There may be many reasons. Physical hunger could be one. We sometimes forget that man was once a fleet-footed hunting animal with all the necessary instincts. Hunger? Ah, yes, we all know about that. About what it can do to a man. Ah, I've been trapped in a cliff for five days, I know. None of you have suffered hunger as we did in the prison camp during the war. None of you knows what it is to eat. Joseph, your... let's not talk about it. He he gets so upset remembering. Well, we'll have to go on searching for the body and for the werewolf. You'll not find it. Not until you arm yourselves with silver bullets. Perhaps it is gone now, whatever it is. The search parties may have frightened it away. It wasn't frightened by the first search party. It simply took one of them. Now it is still here. And it will strike again. You may be sure of that. The whole village believed that Josef Weiss was right. They traveled in the woods by twos now. No one went alone. For a week, village life was disrupted. The men beat the forest. The women tried to comfort each other. Kira wore herself out trying to be useful. The village women could not help loving her. But there was something else. Something strange. One day I spoke to Frida, the maid, about it. Ah, yes, she is a strange one, Mr. Sharivia. Even now I have seen her going out to walk alone in the woods at twilight. The women in the village think she is possessed. What do you mean, possessed? I... I hesitate to say, sir. Come, tell me. They are beginning to say sometimes the werewolf can be a woman. At first, the suggestion seemed so ridiculous to me that I hesitated to speak of it. But then I decided to tell Vaughn before this rumor could reach Kira herself. He was naturally much upset. That settles it, Shiravit. We've got to do something. Something, yes, but what? There's only one thing we can do. 
track down this supposed werewolf. But that's what we've been trying to do for a week. How can we it's do... It's really very simple. We'll offer him bait. Bait? Who will be this bait? You and I, Shuravyev. If you're game. I... Yes, of course I'm game. Good. But how... Are you going to tie me to a tree and watch out with a gun? That's about right. Only we needn't tie you up. And since it was my idea, you can have first turn with the gun. Are you a good shot? Right. This is no time for false modesty. Yes, I'm a good shot. Very well. It'll be night, and we'll have to shoot with only the moonlight. Where do we go? To the rock? Exactly. And the sooner the better. Tonight? Tonight. And say nothing, absolutely nothing, to anybody. Especially to Kira. I understand. This is between us. Either we win, or we simply disappear. It was difficult getting away without telling Kira what we were going to do. She seemed to sense that something was wrong, and she sat staring after us with strange, angry eyes. In the village, Vaughn and I parted and made our ways to the rock separately. I reached there first and settled myself on top of the rock, almost covered by the ivy, the gun across my knees. Presently, Vaughn appeared on the path, and I gave the signal that I was there and ready. The trap was set. In the eerie stillness of the dark forest, we waited. Vaughn paced slowly on the path. I kept the gun sight trained a yard in back of him as he walked. Minutes passed in silence. Hours went by. Nothing happened. It was almost midnight, the end of our vigil. Vaughn waved his hand and started off down the trail. He would go fast in case he was followed, taking a shortcut down an old timber slide. He'd be in the village in ten minutes. I was to follow presently. Then suddenly I got an intense feeling of dread. I was alone on the rock. My spine tingled, and then I heard it a quick rustle in the ivy behind me. Something brushed my face. I... It was only a bird. A nightbird had lit in the ivy and now swooshed past me and flew away. My nerves were still tingling when I got back to the village. Next day, when I went to see Vaughn, he gave me a warning glance. Kira was suspicious. I could see the question in her eyes when she greeted me. So, here is the other culprit. Which of you is most to blame for keeping such late hours? Why, I suppose to keep peace in the family, I, I should say it is I. No, you can't get him off that easily. I'm the only culprit, my dear. You see, I've never hunted deer at night. I asked Shuraviev to help me. I suppose you shoot the poor things while they sleep. Oh, no, while they're having their dinner, if possible. (laughs) You're cruel and heartless, both of you. It's no use letting her start an argument, Shuravyev. I'll go get us a drink. Oh, yes, thank you. I'd like that. Why... Why do you look at me like that? Was the hunting good last night? No, not very. We didn't get anything, as you see. I'm afraid you'll still have to depend upon Josef for your venison. Where did you hunt? Why, simply in the forest. Nowhere in particular. You're not telling me the truth, are you? My dear, I I don't know what you're thinking, but I assure you... Never mind. I suppose it is best I don't know. But take care of him, please. Of course I will. If anything should happen to him. But 
what could happen. You know, you understand these things. That night, I was the bait. And I confess, walking there on the moonlit path, the dense undergrowth pressing close on both sides, the forest all around me, that I felt a strange terror. But nothing happened. Once, a bear ambled across the path, paused, sniffed, and disappeared into the brush. Then a little later, I thought I saw a flicker of white in the clearing below. But it never reappeared, and I decided it must have been a ripple of grass in the moonlight. At midnight, we returned to the village, and I was beginning to wonder if our trap would ever be sprung. We must keep on, Shuravyev. I have a feeling that tomorrow night, perhaps, or the next night... I'm game as long as you are, but so far we've only lost sleep. I've got to keep on. Have you forgotten about Kira? The things they're saying about her? No, of course not, but surely these people would not do anything to her. It's not that. It's what it might do to her spirit if she were to hear those insane rumors. She's so sensitive, I... I don't like to think about it. Then, shall we go out again tomorrow night? Yes. You must come to dinner, though, first. Vice is bringing down more venison. Kira will want you to come. All right. Till tomorrow night, then. After dinner, we went out for our third night on the rock. Vaughn was the bait tonight, and I the watcher. The forest was alive with sound. A deer coughed. The bear came ambling back as woolly and harmless as a dog. I was watching him when suddenly he paused and sniffed the air and disappeared into the trees. The animal sounds quieted one by one and a tense stillness fell over the forest. My hand tightened on the gun and suddenly I saw it. That flicker of white moving fast through the trees. It was coming up the path toward Vaughn, a soft, bulky white blur coming surprisingly fast. Vaughn's back was turned. He did not see it. My finger tightened on the trigger. It was only a few yards away when he turned. Kira! I started to press the trigger. No, Sharaf, no! Richard! Kira, what are you doing here? Oh, darling, I was looking for you. I looked last night, too. Oh, Richard. Kira, you shouldn't have. It was foolish, terribly foolish. Richard, there was something after me. I know it. That's why I was running. Kira, you shouldn't be out here alone. But what about you? Where's Chiravia? He's up there on the rock, covering me with his rifle. I'm perfectly safe. I'll show you. I'll hold out my handkerchief, like this. Now, Chiravia, put a hole in that. I stared for a moment at the white square of handkerchief, then at the white of her coat. My lips were dry. My finger felt numb on the trigger. Come on, Chiravia, the handkerchief. Please, God, don't let me miss... There, you see, my dear? I'm perfectly safe. They went down the path together, and I followed after a moment. A hundred yards from the timber slide, I knew I was being followed. Even before I heard something in the brush behind me, I stopped and turned around. It moved past me, cutting off my retreat. Now I stood alone in terror, but it was still in the brush. If only I could make the timber slide. I got down safely. I went straight to Vaughn. He came out of the house to talk to me. I told him what had happened. His reaction surprised me. Shuraviev, I'm sorry I had to leave you up there to face it alone. But I had to bring her down. Of course, I know that. And you must believe this. She never left me. We came down together, arm in arm. We came straight down. 
You must believe that. But of course, why should I think differently? Then, then you must realize, whoever it was up there in the brush following you, it couldn't have been Kira. Good heavens, Von. Do you think I believe that preposterous story? Well, didn't you? Even up there on the rock, when you hesitated about firing at the handkerchief, didn't you believe it might be Kira? No. Why, no, of course not. But I did. Von knew my thoughts almost better than I knew them myself. Yes, that was why my lips were dry and my finger numb when I pressed the trigger. I had refused to admit it even to myself. And now was I sure, even now. That night, Vaughn was excited. We're going to get it tonight. After last night, it'll be there waiting for us. Yes, I think you are right. But if you are, we wouldn't want anyone else to come walking in on us. It might cause confusion. Don't worry. Kira has promised to stay at home. She says we're doing our duty and she won't interfere. Do you think this is our duty? No. Neither do I. I never feel that anything I enjoy can be my duty. And now, I really enjoy this. Tonight, I'd like to be the bait. No, it's my turn. I won't give it up. Besides, if it's the revenge you want, you have the gun. That's so. All right, then. Tonight, you'll be the bait. That night, for the first time, I regretted ever getting into this mess. As I paced up and down the path, my nervousness grew. Tonight, it would surely come. I felt it. But would Vaughn shoot straight and quick enough? The hours went by. Clouds kept scudding over the moon, leaving me in deep darkness for minutes at a time. I was really beginning to be frightened. Then a fraction of a second before it happened, I knew it was coming. There was a hot breath on my neck, a crushing weight on my shoulder, something hard against my skull, and the crack of Vaughn. Vaughn! Vaughn! Shravyev, are you all right? Yes, I think so. What was it? A man! A winged! Come on! I'm going in after him! All right, I'm coming! Vaughn, where did he go? I can hardly believe it, but he went right into this hot spring under the rock. But there's hardly opening enough for a rabbit. He went under the water. Come on. Wait, Vaughn, I'm coming with you. We plunged into the spring, wriggling our way forward, not knowing what to expect. Vaughn held the rifle high above the water, but there wasn't room enough for our heads. We had to hold our breaths and plunge forward. Luckily, it was only a few feet. I emerged and took a breath. Then I heard Vaughn fire. I've got him. Where? Shine the flashlight. There, at the other side of the cave. Yes. Who would have thought there would be a cave here? Or that anyone could have gotten through that spring. It was a perfect hiding place. Yes, but it does him no good now. Turn him over. Let's see who our werewolf is. Yes. What? It's Weiss. Josef Weiss, the game warden's son. Why didn't we think of that? We all knew he was not quite sane. More than that, he almost told us. Remember, he said, I do not believe a man can turn himself into a wolf, but I know why he'd want to. Yes, and he described the feeling to walk wild and crouch at the knees. He knew that feeling. He knew it too well. Beside Josef Weiss, we found a murder weapon. It was a patented animal killer, a heavy heavy iron muzzle that gripped the scalp, a heavy spike that was released by a spring. His hiding place was even more perfect than we had supposed. When the magistrate investigated, he found a passage from that cave which led underground for more than a mile, and finally to the game warden's house where a ladder led into his cellar. 
Undoubtedly, Weiss found that dry underground river one day and realized he could use it. Perhaps that is what caused his mind to snap. Yes. It released a long pent-up spring in him, like that weapon he used. He saw that he could run in the woods like an animal, disappearing and reappearing with perfect safety. It even offered a place to bury his victims without a trace. And so your theory proved correct, that there's a murderous, primitive instinct lurking in some people. Yes. Well, it's all explained excepting what he did with the bodies. It would serve no useful purpose to speculate on that now. Yes, I suppose you're right. Kira, you haven't said anything. Why did you have to shoot him? Kira, he was a murderer. He tried to murder Shiravyev. Is it murder when a wolf kills? A dumb animal? Frightened of intruders? Kira! You understand what I mean, don't you, Shiravyev? You understood that night when you shot the handkerchief. Just as I have. It might have happened to any of us, you see. Kira, what do you mean? Take me away from here, Richard. Just take me away quickly. Escape is produced and directed by William N. Robson, and tonight brought you Taboo by Jeffrey Household, adapted for radio by John Dunkel with Paul Fries as Shiravyev, Marta Mitrovich as Kira, and Morgan Farley as Vaughn. The special musical score was conceived and conducted by Cy Fuhr. Next week... You are standing on a bridge over Owl Creek with a noose around your neck. You have only a few seconds left to live. A few seconds left to plan your escape. Next week, we escape with Ambrose Bierce's famous story, An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. Good night, then, until the same time next week when we again offer you Escape. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>